Welcome to this week's Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stacken here alongside my good friend and co-host of this podcast, Travis Krins. Travis, how are we doing? We're doing good. Good, good. I think everyone could use a little sports talk this week with the... With uh, everything that's going on in the world, specifically in Afghanistan right now, not a good situation at all. Um, so we'll, uh, you know, we'll we'll do our best to lighten the mood here with some good sports talk. Uh, college football is coming up, and you know what? This week uh, on the podcast, our first uh, trip of the season, our first time talking with Charlie Hildebrand. Good. So uh, Charlie will be on the podcast this week. Looking forward to that. As college football, we are doing our college football show uh, preview show on Sunday, so that's yes. going to be fun. Um, I've gotten all the records uh, for the Power Five conferences except for one. I got to do the Big Ten yet, uh, but uh, you know. Any surprise teams for you or no? Well, I, I mean, I don't know. The, the, I. You have your playoff. I, I don't. I don't have the playoff yet, um, but. I, like I know, I know the NFL far more than I do college football. So uh, some of these picks that I have, I'm like, eh, I don't really know if these are accurate or not. So like, just for example, like I have Kentucky at eight and four. I don't know if that's accurate or not. I have South Carolina at four and eight. Are they better than four and eight or not? I have no idea. Uh, let let me uh, look at some of these other picks that I have here. Uh, like Kansas State at nine and three, you know, our good old, you know, seems high, but I don't know Kansas State. So I don't know. Yeah, so I mean, I, 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 I don't know for sure if that's going to be accurate. Stanford at five and seven, who, who knows? And then you know, I, I was doing some of these, uh, these things before the the rankings came out, and then I see Iowa State in the top ten. I'm like, oh, I have Iowa State at nine and three. Perhaps that's a little low. So who the hell knows what's going on? Uh, that's why it's always good, you know, to have those more knowledgeable people there to help uh, keep me in line. Like I said, I know oh, yes. far more than college football, but I I have an idea for the college football playoff for my teams. I just don't know for sure yet. Here's a hint: stack and pick Oklahoma, mm-hmm. uh, pick Alabama, uh, probably pick Ohio State. And I think you'll probably get at least two of those three. Well, I, you know what? That's uh, already kind of what I had in mind. And then I think the other team is going to be Georgia. Oh, I gave it away. Uh, but I, I, those are the four teams that I think are going to. Has, uh, has, has this kind of become boring with college football? It's the same teams. You got the four team playoffs. Yeah. Uh, you know, people become bored with dynasties. They become bored with. You know the the the, uh, the Patriots and Alabama and whoever else. Yes, I like it. Like Alabama. You figure they're in there. I mean, Oklahoma, their conference isn't very tough. Nope. And they, and they always win it. So, like, it'd be great if Iowa State could all of a sudden. And Iowa State's going to be in the playoff this yes. year. Yes. Well, like when Washington was in it a few years back, even though we knew they were going to get trounced by Alabama, at least Washington was in it. Oregon's made it to the national championship uh, some uh, a few years back. Notre Dame's been in there a couple times. They get blown out. So, it's like, eh. Whatever. I guess I left yeah. out Clemson, so maybe I gotta, gotta yeah. probably get Clemson. I'm gonna have to take out out of, out of the five. I'm gonna have to take out one. So I'll, Georgia. Oh, yeah, probably Georgia. But I think Georgia. Honestly, first week of the season, we get a you know a de facto, not a de facto elimination game, but a game that the loser is going to be in an awfully difficult spot for the rest of the season when Georgia and Clemson play in Charlotte. That's gonna yeah. be, that's gonna be fantastic. So. Yeah, that'll be that's a big time game. So, yeah, and two, two top five teams. Yep, and probably Clemson is maybe in a more uh, 
must-win situation. Not that not that it's a must-win, but given what the ACC looks like, their schedule is not going to be nearly as difficult as Georgia's. So you almost have to. Be- I would say Georgia has to win because Clemson can win out. And if they were to win out, if they lose to Georgia, they'd probably be in. Georgia, meanwhile, has to play. Who they're going to have to play? Yeah, probably Alabama in the title game, and you know Florida and whoever else. Yeah, Georgia has to play Clemson. They have to go to Auburn. That shouldn't be too bad. They play Florida in the cocktail game. They play. Uh, at Tennessee, which isn't bad. I mean, Georgia's schedule isn't terrible, but it's still a more difficult schedule than what Clemson's going to have to face. So you know, it always seems like on paper Auburn has the toughest schedule ever, every year. Yeah. Well, the I don't SEC know how they West do it. Is, I don't know how they do it, but the, the it just seems like that. The SEC West is always difficult. I mean, you look at. What Auburn, like LSU, are they going to bounce back this year? Of course, you have uh, Ole Miss, I think, is up and coming. Uh, you got, of course, Alabama in there. Texas A&M. I mean, that's, it's just a very, very difficult uh, road to, to to go down every year. And it always seems like there's one team that maybe sneaks up on people in the SEC West. Like, I don't think very many people had Joe Burrow and LSU winning the national championship yeah. a couple years back. So, uh, but yeah, it, hopefully we get a normal college football season this year. Uh, no cancellations. You know, we get the non-conference games. We get a normal season. That's what the the hope is, so that we can enjoy Saturdays full of football games on all the various networks. Yeah, that'll be nice. Kind of get back to normal, and you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what the excitement level is. Yes. Yep, but like I said, that first week, uh, pretty big. You got Ohio State and Minnesota on Thursday night. I mean, that's not a big deal to, to uh, very many people. But you have South Dakota State against Colorado State on Friday night. Uh, my Hokies against uh, UNC, and then Saturday, of course, the big festival with the you know yeah Alabama Miami for whatever that's worth. Uh, Miami should be a lot better this year, and of course Georgia Clemson. I mean, that's you know the first, the opening weekend. Is great. I wish they would put a few more games on Sunday rather than just one. But uh, you know what? Neither here nor there, I guess. So should be should be fun though. Um, how did the baseball tournament end up this week? Oh, the well. baseball tournament. Good. Good tournament they made. I think they brought in fifty six thousand dollars. I think is what the story said. So they brought that in. It was the uh, the Del Rapids Mudcats ended up defeating the Flandreau Cardinals. The championship game. What? Alexandria didn't even get in the championship. They didn't even get to the uh, semifinals as Flandreau knocked him off. Wow. So uh, Flandreau knocked him off 5-3 uh, to three in the quarterfinals. Flandreau's a good team and uh, ended up getting trounced in the championship game 16-1. to one. A little, You want a little bit of a better championship game than that. Yep. But uh, Del Rapids, the Mudcats, one of two teams in Del Rapids, they won it. In 08, and they won it uh, this year, so good for them. Um, yeah, they had Winter Cologne and Flandreau in one semifinal. Uh, one area team, Dimmick Emery, made it, and uh, they lost to Flandreau 5-1 to one in the other semifinal Saturday night. So, good tournament again. Yeah, Alexandria falls short, so only the second time in the last six, seven years they haven't been there or won it. So, yeah, we will we'll see what... Uh, they should be fine next year. So at least uh, a few different teams in it. Flander had been in it uh, three years ago. They'd finished runner-up, and 
another runner up for yet. So well, yeah, it's good to get some of that new blood in there. Unlike the college football playoff, what did that do yeah. though with Alexandria um, bowing out? Uh, what did that do for attendance then? It wasn't too bad. It was uh, Saturday night. You had Dimmick Emery in there, so that's a you know, team about you know fifteen twenty miles away from Mitchell. So they had a good crowd on uh, on Saturday night for that. So and. Uh, the other teams have good traditions. Winter Cologne was about an hour away, and they're a team that you can usually pencil in for the semifinals. So crowds were probably not as big as they would have been if Alexandria was there where they were still good. Well, that's good. That's good. And it's good that uh, Mitchell made money on the tournament, which is always a, which is always a plus. Um, I'm curious, what, what was your biggest takeaway from the NFL Week 1 preseason? My biggest takeaway that it's done. <laughs> and then we can move on to week two, and then week three, and then actual games. So we were at a, bat- we were at a bachelor bachelorette party on Saturday, and uh, the Vikings game was going on. And I looked at it a couple of times on my phone, but didn't watch a second of it. And it, was, it looked like it wasn't even a game worth watching. The Vikings starters didn't play uh people are roasting dakota dozier if he makes the 53 man roster there's a travesty in the uh with with what the vikings are doing but uh no real takeaway uh here justin fields played lights out for the bears against the dolphins threw a touchdown ran for another so uh the justin fields crowds are certainly clamoring for him to start over andy dalton we'll see if that happens uh other than that i mean I, i i couldn't tell you no. Anything else that happened? Well, yeah, I guess would the, the second preseason game be important now? I know, like, some guys just aren't playing all preseason. Like, yeah. Aaron Rodgers ain't going to play. Uh, you know, Dak Prescott ain't going to play. Like, a lot of guys just aren't playing I, a, in the preseason. Yeah, it's a great question. I don't know how NFL teams are going to do it. I think, te- I think some teams are handling it differently. I think they're going to place their starters in the third game. Uh, for at least a quarter or two, kind of that dress rehearsal sort of deal. Uh, others aren't. They're just not going to play the starters at all. I I, I don't know. That I, I, That's the one thing about this shortened preseason that I'm interested in seeing is how do they go about doing this? What does this mean for, like, guys trying to make the the roster, you know, when the cuts go down from, like, 80 to 53 or 70, you know, to, to 53, whatever they have to go to? I'll be curious to see how teams handle this. That's the most uh important or that that's the most intriguing thing to me also uh we went out to eat on friday night ultimate sports bar in weight park it burned down uh right after COVID started and rebuilt and it's very nice in there but uh the titans and the falcons were playing and this whole big like tyler redunds uh section he's an offensive lineman from north dakota state got drafted by the uh titans like there's like 10, 15 jerseys in there. It's just like this big old watch party. And they're going crazy for the Titans. Like, okay, settle down, folks. It's a preseason game. Like, mm-hmm. why in the hell are they here? Well, I guess this uh, Redunds guy is from Becker, which is only about in cloud. So that's why the the Redunds family reunion or whatever was there. So that was kind of cool to see. But it's also like, let's simmer down here. Like, I, I guess you're all Titans fans now. But look, it's preseason, folks. Come on. Yeah. I doubt he's going to play in the regular season. So this is their chance to... To watch them block, <laughs> like I used to, I'm not excited at all about the preseason. I at least, at least, I used to at least get excited mm-hmm. a little bit, and you know. But now it's like I, I, I don't ever remember anything of significance ever or ever happening in the preseason. So it's like, why, why waste your time? Right, right. 
Yeah, yeah, and it's just a good thing that college football gets going. Uh, the week zero is only a couple weeks away, uh, and then here's an idea: change it to week one. Since teams are playing, name it week one. Yeah, wouldn't that be? That would be a logical, logical thing to do. There's like a, there's a week. I believe there's a week zero here in this state because they've got uh, football on Friday night. This Friday night, for most teams, for all nine man, all three nine man classes, and you've got eleven B. So that's four of the seven classes are playing. More than 50% are playing, so I don't know week zero, I don't know. But they do. Is, it, is that early? I guess it is going to be the, what, the 20th on the on Friday? I guess, okay, I mean, where's yeah. August gone? Like, August is flying by. Yeah, um, school starts tomorrow in Mitchell, Jeez. 17th. Jeez. So it seems early, it's like... Did we start the 17th, 18th? I'm like, oh, I guess we did, I guess, when you think about it. Yes, the two weeks, you get two weeks in before Labor Day. So, you say, I guess that's, uh, that's when they start. So, this is the last non-busy week for me before we get right get going with uh, with sports again. So. so, you will call a game. Your first game is going to be on the 27th, is that correct? Yeah, it'll be next Friday at home. So, we don't have any... Terrible road trips. You got to go to Pier, which is a two-hour drive. Isn't bad. Have to go to Watertown, which has a terrible press box, which I don't look forward to. Have to go to. Do you get to go to T at all? Remember we we went to T. Yep. Uh, T comes here. T is now moved up to Double A. This is their first year Double A. Okay. So T has finally moved up. Uh, they get to come here, and uh, when we also have to go to go to Huron. When, so. we, when we called games for West Central that one year, uh, which was a lot of fun to do, and we, you know, we got to call the championship game down there in a million and stuff, so that was a blast. But uh, I remember, like, I would say that the best press box that we went to was T. I mean, or at least yeah. they had the best, you know, like scoreboard and stuff. It was brand new, it was, you know, nice turf on the field. It was a very, very nice stadium there at T. Yeah, kind of, kind of newer. And again, T was not a school when I was at school. So he's grown quite a bit, and yeah, they were kind of just starting their football program, and uh, they're up to Double A now. And I've seen their facility even better than when we were there, you know, eight, eight ten years ago. By now, eight years ago. So they're Double A. Uh, Watertown and Aberdeen—they've moved down from Triple A. Um, they just weren't any good, and it's all about enrollment. So and again, they were not very good. So, so it makes more sense to me. They're going to play against double A schools. You know, double A has 11 feet instead of just eight. That's so, good. That's good. Everybody made the playoffs. Not the case now. So teams like Spearfish or Douglas, who are very bad, uh, likely will not make the playoffs. Oh, no. So, so sad about that. So sad. I saw, like, the census that South Dakota grew the state uh, by, like, roughly 50,000, but that most of that growth was within the state of, uh, or within Sioux Falls and the surrounding community. Yeah. Yeah, Harrisburg and T, they're growing a lot, and, yeah, it's, it's basically Sioux Falls. And throughout the city, maybe grew a little bit, but, you know, everybody else pretty much staying the same for the most part. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's Sioux Falls or bust. Yes. Yes, it certainly is. Well, football is starting and, and rolling. Okay, because that means football. That means football on Saturdays. And 
That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, did you have any... Uh, I guess I, I, I saw this story, and I really haven't looked a whole lot into it, but this alliance... I guess maybe it's more that I don't understand. This alliance between the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12. Did you see this? What do you make of this, if you did? I saw it. I read something about it. I mean, I'm not quite clear either. Something to go against the SEC. It's is it like not poaching uh, like other teams off of one another, or, or it's a scheduling thing, or they're going to do some sort of scheduling throughout the year? I don't know what their idea is, or if this becomes a thing. So I don't know, like non-conference scheduling, like they'll have like the I don't know, the Big Ten ACC challenge. I don't know something like that. I'm not quite sure of what they're they're doing what their idea is what they want to accomplish with this i don't know because you would imagine you would think that i mean west virginia at some point is going to move either to the acc or find another conference i mean because the big 12 is going to dissolve uh but unless the big 12 would you know join forces with the pac-12 which has been mentioned reported whether that comes to fruition or not remains to be seen but uh, it's just interesting that the, I mean, the conferences are going to realign. You know, like AAC is probably going to get poached of some teams, or maybe they'll poach others. I mean, there's there's a lot of movement here that's going on, and when I and even just more of a more maybe fascinating note to me is that when I was looking at like trying to predict these records and stuff for some of these college football teams, I just happened to flip over to one double A. And, or as uh, some of the novices call it, the FCS. Oh, wow, whatever. Congratulations. Some of these conferences have only six or seven teams in them. Like, why wouldn't you consolidate with another conference? And, like, because if you have six teams, like the MEAC, I think, has six teams in it, which doesn't make any damn sense to me as to why you would do that. Here, I mean, it's just ridiculous how small some of these conferences are at the FCS level. And we talked about there in the spring about something was going on with the WAC and this and, conference. And the Southland and, and the Atlantic Sun. So I don't know what, the, what they were doing, like, you know, certain teams were spending like a year in there. So, yeah, I mean, it's like we talked about how boring it is with FBS. I mean, you have North Dakota State, SDSU has proven themselves to be the team that's likely going to be there in the end. Mm-hmm. You know, and your Sam Houston's and it's like Delaware's decent again. And those those normal teams, James Madison. So it seems like you can predict probably three of the four teams that are going to be in there in the end. And like a lot of these teams don't matter. Like if you're in the big sky, you know, the Southland, the Missouri Valley or the CAA, like it don't really matter, you know? No. Like if you're not in the, if you're in the Big Ten, SEC, ACC, Big 12, you don't really matter either. So it's, it's, it's kind of similar. Uh, one thing that's uh, fascinating here, I'm looking at the Big South Conference right now, and Monmouth is in the Big South, and nothing screams Big South like Mo- uh, school in New Jersey. But also, North Carolina A&T is in there. So there's no more. They won't be able to win the MEAC SWAC uh, celebration uh, anymore. Uh, North Alabama and Robert Morris. Robert Morris, a school just out of Pittsburgh. or uh, Yeah, I think they're just out of Pittsburgh. They're in the Big South, too. So, no, again, nothing screams Big South like schools from Pitts, uh, from Pennsylvania and New Jersey in there. But no more NCA&T in the 
uh, Celebration Bowl, so that's a big bummer. Again, the MEAC with just se- uh, six teams, Delaware State, Howard, Morgan State, Norfolk State, North Carolina Central, and South Carolina State. Uh, the NEAC, uh, Ohio Valley's only got seven teams because of that kind of purge that... Uh, well, Jacksonville State left, I believe, Eastern Kentucky. Yep. Is that right? Yes. Well, those are yeah, two, two of the better teams. The Jacksonville State was the best team. and Yeah, and the, and the one division is called the A-Sun Whack Challenge. And so this has uh, oh, Allen yeah. Christian, Central Arkansas, Dixie State, Eastern Kentucky, Jacksonville State, Lamar, Sam Houston, Stephen F. Austin, and Tarleton. Uh, the Tarleton. Oh, Texas. yes. Yes. Uh, I believe Boots was really excited about Tarleton a couple of years yeah. ago. I mean, who, honest to Christ, who wouldn't be? <laughs> who wouldn't be excited about some, some team nobody's ever heard of? Oh, yes, indeed. And then also the Southland now just has six teams. Houston Baptist, Incarnate Word, McNeese, uh, Nichols, Northwestern State, and Southeast Louisiana. Like, I mean, six, it's like, come on. Like, combined with, the, like, the Southern or, or something, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. And, yeah. And none of those teams matter in those six, seven team conferences. It's like, like what are you, what are you doing? Like, what are you? And yet, they're all going to get at least one bid into the college yeah. football into the FCS playoffs. And like Nichols has been in the FCS playoffs, you know, for the last few years now. So they're decent. They're they're a good team. But I mean, isn't it a little watered down when you only have six? Like, what's their wonder what their non-conference is like. Let me just pull this. Uh, let me pull what. Isn't it, is it funny how every other football league, if you win your division or conference, you get in the playoff? Yeah, it is. And then it's like, well, they really deserve that. I don't know. But every other, if you win your league or conference or division, you get in to the playoff. So. Yep. Uh, Nichols plays Memphis and Louisiana in the non-conference. Then they have uh, North Alabama from the, whatever I just said, the Big South. They play, then Houston, it looks like they play each other twice. So they have 10 conference games, and they just all play one another twice. So I guess that's one way to do it, but uh, holy cow. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's exciting. Yeah, so... Uh, anything, did you want to get into a college football preview this week? Do you want to save that for a couple weeks when we make our official picks? Uh, yeah, I haven't looked too much into it. Okay. Um, I mean, you look at Iowa State's schedule, that doesn't appear to be very tough. No, it, it really I doesn't. Think they, I think though they have a game against Cincinnati. That's their big game early. Other than that, got a game at Oklahoma, I think, second to last week of the year, so... I don't know. If you, if you want to be bold, you could say, I, I think Iowa State's going to be ranked number one at some point. Ooh. Not that not that they're going to make the playoff or win the conference, but you want to be have a uh, I'm, I mean, that's a, a, a bold thing saying Iowa State because they're already ranked, what, seventh? Yep. So, yep. and their schedule not tough. So, they can beat yep. Cincinnati. I, I don't see Cincinnati on here. I do see they play Iowa and they play uh, in Texas and Oklahoma at the end, and you know they could be eight and zero, nine and zero. So if they're if they're going to be eight and zero or nine and zero, they're going to be probably at least fourth. 
Yep. They play uh, you and I, so they play us. Uh, and they play you, they play me. Yep. I'll be exciting yes, for us yes, to play, play a team. So. The Fighting Kurt Warners to open the season, and again, home against Iowa. They're at UNLV. That What a, what a like, how, how did UNLV get Iowa State to come venture on there? That's ridiculous. But yeah, I have them at 9-3. and three. And their three losses I have at Kansas State on October 16th, um, at West Virginia, and at Oklahoma. Now, I could see them being 11-1 and one and beating Kansas State and West Virginia, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think Chris Kleiman has, can get Kansas State to a, a very competitive state there in the Big 12. Uh, I think they are going to be in a kind of like a three-way tie with Texas and Iowa State in the Big 12. For second place, so I think that game in Manhattan on the October 16th is big. Uh, West Virginia, it always seems tough to go out to uh, to Morgantown, and then at Oklahoma, I mean that could decide maybe a, maybe a spot in the Big 12 championship or just playoff positioning. And uh, I don't know that that's a huge game on November 20th. I look at the other team in the Big or in the top 10 that usually isn't in the top 10. Yep. And that's North Carolina. Yes. And, again, they do not have a tough schedule. They do not play Clemson. So their two games are versus Miami Mm -hmm. at home. And then they have a week off and they play at Notre Dame. Yeah. So they got Sam Howell, our quarterback. And he's probably going to be a top ten pick. Yep. So those, I guess, would be my two teams. Iowa State and North Carolina are either. I like it. It, it seems high. They're usually not this high. There's a reason they're not this high because they're usually not, not at that level. But um, their schedules are not difficult. Yep, and North Carolina has to get by my Hokies right away in the first week. So uh, go Virginia Tech, but I, unlikely they will lose that game. I think with North Carolina, though, is that the fact that they have Mac Brown, I mean, what he's done, I mean, he was a very good uh-huh. coach at Texas and Texas – People are a little insane. They're like the Kentucky basketball, I guess, uh, with their lofty, unrealistic, unreasonable expectations year in and year out of town. And then he has now resurfaced at UNC and has turned them into a contender right away, which, again, speaks – he used to coach at UNC, but it speaks to how good – of a head coach, Mac Brown is how well he can align into a power. Maybe Chad will see. I mean, Clemson Clemson has a dodged of a schedule once they get past Georgia. Yep. Like, they probably don't play a ranked team the rest of the year. No. No, it's, so it's like I mean I mean you, you get to Georgia, you know you should run the table. Yes, like I, I don't even like you know at Pitt at Syracuse some stupid game like that at North Carolina State trips them up I don't know, but yeah this their quarterback how do we pronounce his name we'll figure that out at some point but I he appears to be I think it's Uangalele. Uangalele? I think so I think so something like that yeah so he appears to be very good so we'll see how he's. He, Couple games where he played against Notre Dame last year did did well, so he appears to be to be very good. So yeah, it's that, that Georgia Clemson game uh, that's a, you know a, a semifinal type game in week one, mm-hmm. and then after that, Clemson run the table. So. There is always a team in the top ten apparently that at least uh, seven out of the last eight years or something that falls out of the top 25 at the end of the season. Oh. If you're looking at that, then who who do you think is that team? Is it a Cincinnati? Is it potentially an Iowa State? Uh, is it uh, is it North Carolina? Who do you think could be that team? 
Yeah, you wouldn't think it'd be any of the top five. No. Um, I don't like Texas A&M, but again, their schedule not tough, so they should win. Mm-hmm. They should win nine games. I don't like them, but they should. So yeah, you look at. I mean, Iowa State should be. I mean, they shouldn't lose more than three games, three four games. Uh, North Carolina shouldn't lose more than two. No drivers, though. I would say I don't know. I guess Cincinnati. I guess. So I mean, we'll see if that trend continues here. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe Cincinnati. Let's go. I, I would pick them. Uh, and, I, and I guess I guess you give Oregon a shot too. They're eleventh, and yeah. you, know, you give them a shot. I guess. So. Trying to pull up Cincinnati's schedule right now. I mean, how, how, how far do you go down? Like LSU at sixteen. Do you give them a shot? I think their quarterbacks out. USC at fifteen. Is that about where you draw the line of, okay, anybody below that? I mean, thanks for playing, but. Uh, let me get, I'm just looking at Cincinnati's schedule here quick. And that game against Notre Dame, that's the big one here on October 2nd. Uh, but they get UCF at home. I mean, they don't have to go anywhere difficult. Uh, maybe. How in, dare you? How dare Indiana, you stack it? Indiana. And, uh, How dare you fuck with Indiana like that? How dare you? <laughs> My Hoosiers. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Indiana and Notre Dame. But, I mean, okay, so if you win, if you lose both those games, you should win the rest of the, the games. You should be 10-2. Um, yeah. Who, so, I don't know. This, this, this thing may not happen this year. This might be the year where it's like everybody in the top 10 is going to at least be ranked mm-hmm. at the end. So, And I would like to see... Like where these teams were in the preseason who have made the playoffs. What's like the, what is the lowest ranked team to make the playoff that's in the preseason? I don't remember. Is it? I mean, probably LSU a couple of years ago, maybe. Probably. Yep. I would. What was that? Well, let's take a peek here. In 2019, it was. Yep. I don't. They were not. I don't believe top ten. So where were they in the preseason? They were a surprise team. They were, and they they were number six. So. If I had to, yeah. if I had to look at this here, hmm, 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 hmm. Even last year, what was it? Clemson was the number one. That's Alabama's third season made it last year. What was the other team? Oklahoma. Oklahoma, yep. And they were five. So yeah. it's like going back to the boring point. It's like four of the top five preseason teams made it. So I mean, let's let's it probably waste the time to overthink. It's going to be Alabama. It's going to be Clemson. Can, can I throw, can, I, I'm looking at the top 25 here. Let me give you like a, a one that ju- they're just at the bottom here. Arizona State. Let's like them. That, Herm uh, Edwards. Yes, Herm Edwards. Yep. Uh, I mean, I know there's some issues with like scholarships and stuff. They yeah, have maybe some recruiting violations, but that's not that shouldn't affect them this season. But they have what Jaden Daniels as their quarterback, and he's really really good. So maybe a team like Arizona State. Can run through the Pac-12. Um, I have their schedule up here, and I mean that's it's a potential. So if I'm looking at a true like at the bottom, I would say like even Utah could maybe be that team, but more than likely it would be Arizona State, and they have. I mean they have to play at BYU. Big whoop. Uh, they get USC at home this year. That's big. And two Utah and two UCLA. So those are going to be three very difficult road games. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's a team. Arizona State would be would be that um, 
like a team outside the top five, top ten that could make that jump to the college football playoff. How do you like that? That's a big jump. That'd be very surprising. It would. It would. But if we're looking outside, that would be the one team, I think. But well, we'll talk more, plenty more college football here. You know what? My, if I'm picking a team, I guess is there are they your team? If you're picking, okay, what is your team to hit your wagon to for the big surprise? Is that it? That would be in the top. If I have to pick outside the top ten or top fifteen, yes, yep. yes, that would be my team because I, I would love to pick Indiana, but I give me Indiana. I'm okay. rolling with Indiana. Indiana's okay. been, I mean, they've been they've been pretty decent here for a couple of years. Yes, yes, they have. So I mean, they they were bad for a long time. They were down at the Kansas type mm-hmm. level of yep. bad. They were very bad, and now they've they're in there. So. Um, Indiana, I've liked Indiana, so give me give me them as, as my team this year. Okay, give me that, Indiana. I want Indiana. I, just, I will root for them. I will root for them. I will tune into their games. I just don't know if they're going to be able to hold up against Penn State and Ohio State, and in that you know that difficult Eastern uh, division here. Which on, okay, so follow follow along here if you can. Um, my brother-in-law's fiance's. Dad works at Indiana, okay. I believe. So your brother-in-law's father-in-law, soon to be father-in-law. Yes. Yeah. Yep. He works where? At Indiana. They live in Bloomington. So okay, uh, that's a good oh, pick. Good. They they will like that pick. They will like that pick that you are taking Indiana as the surprise team. Oh, we good. Uh, very good. So we'll we'll talk a lot more college football here over the coming weeks as we kick off into the into the season here on late. Yeah, talk to NFL, NBA, blah blah blah. NHL. NBA schedule. NBA announced the uh, Christmas, 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 and the opening day was it uh, Warriors, Lakers opening day, and also Bucks, Nets. That was that your doubleheader in week one, week zero? We'll call it day one, <laughs> day day zero. And then yeah, the what Hawks, Hawks, Knicks, Knicks, Knicks. Oh yeah, Trey Young and that that deal. Yeah, the, the Nets, Lakers. That's the big game at. Seven o'clock. I, I do like yeah. that the Hawks and the Knicks are playing that because normally when the Knicks play, they they've sucked for so long. But the Knicks actually are a decent team, and given the the mm-hmm. uh, the playoff series, that's actually a fairly good game. Uh, what do we got here? Milwaukee hosting Boston. I don't know why Boston's in. Boston sucks. They're not going to be very good, so the Bucks should win that easily. Um, Warriors Suns. That'll be fun. Nets Lakers. Fine. Jazz Mavericks. Whoop de do. Uh, Philadelphia seems to be missing. Philadelphia's not out yes, there. Yes, yes. That seems to be. Uh, I, I prefer, I guess, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. Yes. Rather than Milwaukee, Boston, that would be a little better. Yep. So yeah, it's it's whatever. Yep. How many how many of these uh, basketball games will you be watching? Of those on Christmas Day. Yep. Probably watch bits of probably the first four I would guess okay. I don't know where I'm going to be at but I would guess it'll be on isn't uh, they got football yes, on Christmas they do. Yes. is that what the deal is two, two games this year on the NFL Network oh yeah knock my socks off alright alright here's the first one here's the first one do you, do, oh, you, yeah? do you know these games or no I don't know no. Okay. No. Browns at Packers alright you got my interest there alright this next one, probably not, but Colts at Cardinals. Yeah, probably not. 
But that first game, that's the big That first one, yeah. That's Browns-Packers. That's something of interest. Especially with Aaron Rodgers back with the pack. So, yes, very good there. Uh, So, yeah, that's the Christmas Day schedule there for the NBA. Um, Did I tell you who was at Ivy in Sioux Falls Saturday? Uh, no, you did not. Who who was there? Oh, um, uh, 50 Cent? Yes. Mr. Cent was there. Saturday signing bottles of some... Cognac. Some beverage. I believe. Yeah. Cognac. He was at, um, uh, at a couple of Hy-Vees in the cities. I believe Egan and I can't remember the other one. Uh, Brooklyn Park, maybe. And uh, I think he's at various Hy-Vee locations throughout the, the Midwest here for this cognac uh, alcoholic beverage at the these Hy-Vee liquor stores. Apparently, Hy-Vee has liquor stores. I've never seen a liquor store yeah. at Hy-Vee. Um, how far have you gone down in your career, though, when you have to go to a regional grocery store chain uh, to sign bottles of something? It's a very interesting thing. Um, apparently, he was at a place downtown. I don't know if he was performing there oh. or was just there. I don't know. I, I don't know if that was like, I'm going to be here, and then I'm also going to do this concert this night. I don't know what that was, or if he just showed up and did what he does. I don't know. But if I was in, apparently the line was very long. So, not surprising. If if you're close, I'd go to it, just to say, I don't know how much the the bottles of whatever were. But, um, yeah, very, very long lines. Huh. Well, and of course, then you could say, like, I saw 50 Cent. Meet me in the high V. It's going down. Something like that. Something like that. <laughs> Apparently, Willie Nelson was in Brookings on Wednesday. Oh, my gosh. What for? He was 80. He's 88. Last time I saw him look like he could barely breathe. So, uh, yeah, he was at Swift Hill Center, I guess. Wow. On uh, this past Wednesday, 88 years old. So, Willie Nelson. What a true American. I'm sure Christy Nome was there. Yeah, she's too busy riding a motorcycle. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. Um, I will admit. Let's go to the. Let's go to the baseball here. Let's go to the diamond. Go to baseball. All right. Um, I watched a good portion of the Field of Dreams game last week. People was it six million? How many people? It was the biggest baseball game in 15, 16 years. Yeah, the regular season, right? Regular season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it even. I think it outdrew every playoff game except the World Series. That doesn't shock like, me. It's it's the spectacle. It's playing at it. Yeah. It's because of where it's at. Like, oh, look, they're going to hit all these home runs into a cornfield. That's a that's Very fascinating cool. in and of itself. But it's also, you know, so many of us have watched Field of Dreams growing up. It's a great baseball movie. Or, you know, some some people yeah. really really love it. Kevin Costner was there, so it was. I really loved hearing Costner in the booth with Smoltz and Joe Buck, uh, just talking about the movie and just talking about baseball. I really enjoyed that, but I also loved seeing, you know, you know, uh, like a little punch out, and it, it flew like three hundred feet in the right field. Uh, I think it was by like a, a like Anderson, Robbie, Robbie, John Anderson. One, of, it was an Anderson Tim. from the uh, from the White Sox. Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson. Thank you. Thank you. Um, put it on my tab. Um, put it on the list. But it was just, it was just a very cool spectacle to watch. So how much of this did you get to watch? I watched a little bit of it. I watched the beginning, watched the end, and it was just, everything was perfect. And I was, Mm -hmm. that number, that was six million, whatever it was, that was, holy cow, that was a huge number. 
So we're going to do it again with Cubs Reds next year, and then this year this should be an every year thing. Yes, but shouldn't, shouldn't the White every, Sox be the primary team? Because they're in the movie. Yes. I mean, I hope the Twins get to play there. That would be nice. Twins get to do that. But yeah, this was everything about this was perfect. The game was good. Mm-hmm. A lot of home runs. A big comeback. Uh, ninth inning. Both teams came back, and you no know, great game. And that was yeah, that was perfect like uh, nhl's got their outdoor stadium series that's kind of lost its luster yep and the winter classic has it i think but the more so like the other games that are outdoors yeah and and they yeah they do it it's not just you know the the game on new year's e or day it's you know they do it at top top and then football doesn't really do anything like that and you really can't i guess i don't know what, what you would do with football and basketball, they've had what games, college games on ships, which yes. is you know, yeah, you only do that so much. You need basketball to be inside. So like baseball is really the only sport where you can do something like this. And well, they had a game. What was it? Uh, a couple years ago, out in Williamsport. Yes, wasn't it out in? Uh, so they should have something. They only fill the dreams game every year. That's a huge success. They should now have a game at Mount Rushmore. Build a field out there. Have a, <laughs> have a game, you know, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have a game on a ship. I don't know. Have just ridiculous locations where you can you can do this sort of thing. Well, so, if you're yeah. if you're doing the whole like baseball movie thing, why not do, have a major league baseball game in Durham? Why not uh, you know the, yeah. with the like with the rookie by, with a with Dennis Quaid in it? Sure. Maybe go to like that field in the you know in in the middle of Texas and and do something like that. I, I do wonder though if this Field of Dreams game like it was so cool right away. Now like I don't I get why they're putting Cubs to an extent because it's Chicago and Chicago's very close, but the Cubs are terrible. So at least you had Yankees and White Sox, two teams that are very good this year, and Yankees would have always been a draw even if the White Sox were kind of on the skids, which they aren't. So the Major League Baseball lucked out in that regard, but. I mean, Cubs-Reds isn't that sexy matchup, so is this going to have the same sort, especially given that the Cubs sold everyone pretty much or traded away everyone, is this going to have the same um, appeal next year as this first one? No, the first one I think will be the biggest one that they'll they'll have. I don't think they'll ever have a bigger one than that because everything just worked out good. You had two good teams. And I, everything just worked out perfectly. You're not going to get a better game. Nope. It was perfect. And, and, and you watched, and other people, Charlie watched. Um, people that don't watch baseball watch that game because they wanted to see. They're going to play a fucking game in a cornfield. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Yeah. So, yeah, we got a lot of people to watch that would normally would not watch. So, it'll, it'll, I don't think it'll ever be bigger than the first one, but it'll this will be a, a cool thing, and it'd be cool to go to that game. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know where the hell you park. Um, I've never been there. To the site, so that'd be cool to go there. It looks like they got a little corn maze and all that. And mm-hmm. That'd be cool to see a major league game in, you know, a, a minor league type stadium. That'd be. It, it wasn't be cool. all that. Uh, I mean, there, there wasn't a ton of fans there because I mean, they, they, it was filled to capacity. But it's not like you have thirty thousand people there. I think they maybe no. have what like ten, fifteen thousand, maybe. It was eight, seven, eight hundred. Seven, eight hundred. Okay, so I mean, it's it's very because you have no seating out in the fields. It's just all no. along the baselines there. Like, it'd be cool to have that game in Mitchell. You could get, you know, yes. yeah. 500,000 people, however much they can fit in our 
stadium and it's a, it's a huge stadium you know it's 420 to center and 340 down the lines and 374 down the alley so it's big enough and you know, I don't know how you do that. You have you know they have the game in, in Williamsport. You have these a game every year in some so, small mean, town or some location where that's a it, it, that'd be a cool idea. deal. Yeah, it's an absolutely great idea. Do like the state series where you just play yeah. like different games in states that you. I guess you could go to every state, but states that, like you know just like random cities. Yeah. That's a cool idea. I really like that idea, Chris. I think that's something that Major League Baseball should do. Um, really take advantage of it um, it was uh what red sox yankees was it two years ago they played in london they played that series yep yeah. yeah and that was that was a cool thing they got i had a bunch of runs there so you know football tries to do with the london thing but nobody cares about those games because they don't put their marquee teams in those games for the most part right and they're at nine o'clock I, I didn't even watch what the Viking was the Vikings Browns. Yes, a couple years ago. Uh, yep. I didn't even watch it. I think I don't think the Vikings were good that year, and I didn't even bother to even watch the game. So I, I, I couldn't care less about that. Wasn't that the year? Didn't they go? Didn't they go thirteen? That may that have been the, the, that the may have been the case. Keenum year. That was the Brown the year the Browns went winless. I know that for a fact. Oh man. Um, that's the game. I just was like, oh yeah, I woke up and like, I don't. I don't care to watch this game, so I'm not. So, but with baseball, it works, I guess, when you play in different but, locations. But at the same time, so in the same regard, because the NFL is so popular, they can throw whatever shit teams out there, and then people will go to it and watch. For a sport like baseball, or like let's say hockey, or something, because they played games overseas in like Sweden and Norway and stuff too. You almost have to put the, the your best teams or teams with the biggest stars out there to market the game and get that that appeal and get the people excited about going to a game, don't you? And as many people watch that baseball game, you could put on any preseason game on tonight between the two worst teams in the league, mm-hmm. and that's probably going to outdraw that baseball game, which is sad. Yes. Like, you could put on, you know, Jets and the Lions, yeah. and you'd get 7 million people to watch a preseason game between the Jets and the Lions. Yeah. And you can put on, you know, Redskins, hey, Chargers. They're, not, they're, they're, not, that, they're the Washington football team. Oh, yeah, the <laughs> Washington football team. And that'd get, you put that on Sunday night, 17 million people, 18, yep. 15 million will watch that. So it's, some of that's unexplainable to me, but, um, yeah, but good for baseball. It was a big deal. Outgrew the NBA for the most part, any NBA yep. game in the regular season so yeah i was very surprised by that number but that was good to see oh very it was just very very cool uh to see so yeah i, I like you I, I i really like the state series um idea i think that could mm-hmm. that could really prove to be an avenue that that could get uh, baseball some more uh, record more fans some more attention here uh so that would be good uh there are two teams currently as of the recording of this podcast that have lost 12 straight games that would be the Chicago Cubs and the Baltimore Orioles. How and Baltimore's lost all their games by multiple runs. Baltimore is very, very, very bad. Like I think you know Arizona's largely overshadowed how bad Baltimore is, but I think now people are starting to catch up with the fact that hey, Baltimore is freaking terrible. Just how bad and the Cubs with the fire sale, it's a little understandable, but holy cow! Like how? Why would you even want to watch this? Either of these teams right now. Yeah, Baltimore's going to lose 100. Arizona's going to lose 100. The Pirates are going to be around 100. 
Texas is going to be close. So you're going to have three, four teams lose 100 games. So are we bad? Yeah, bad baseball. It is bad. Uh, are the Padres going to make the playoffs? Oh, the Reds are right on their heels. Um, I think so. Uh, Fernando Tatis is back. What is he's he's hit a home run, I think, in the first at bat all three times he's come back from the DL or something. Amazing, amazing in his career. So that's that's kind of neat. It's a game and a half race. It's a lot closer than I thought it'd be. Uh, you know, it's, it's Padres Reds right now. So I think so, but we will see. I'd be that'd be a huge disappointment if the Padres would miss out. But okay. I think they are yeah. going to. Uh, going to make the wild card and it's probably going to be Dodgers Padres so as as much as the Dodgers have done they're probably going to win that uh, win that game you would think but uh, it's it's one game Mm -hmm. it's one game so yeah Dodgers could win 100 games be a wild card team and be one and done the Braves are on fire right now leading the NL East by a game and a half and that's rather stunning considering the injuries that they've that they've suffered but they're starting to pick it up here but a lot of people really seem to like the Phillies because they play uh, the Pirates a lot. They play the Marlins. They play the Nationals a bunch. Like it, the the Diamondbacks. Like the the Phillies have the easiest schedule uh, going going down the stretch. But do we think the Braves might have a chance here to hold them off? You know, I thought the Mets would do it, but the, the, the Mets obviously not. Um, you look at the, the run differential. I mean, the Braves are a hundred runs better in run differential than the Phillies. Mm-hmm. So they're plus plus eighty two compared to the Phillies on minus eighteen. Yep. And the Marlins still there at almost the second best run differential <laughs> in the division. So it's amazing. Yeah, I mean it's, it's not it's it's the worst. I don't know. It's the only division in baseball where you look at it and like yeah the top team. You look at the top team in every other division. You're like yeah that team could make the World Series. Houston, White Sox, Tampa, Milwaukee, the Giants. You look at all those teams. You're like yep. Those are teams that are going to win 95 to 100 games. Braves, probably going to win like 85. And that probably is going to be enough. Yep. Uh, like, you know, like I said, the Phillies might get it. They, hey, you know what? The Braves and the Phillies might factor into that NL wild card as well if they can keep this up. And DeGrom is out for a couple more weeks now for the Mets, so that's that's not good. Uh, the Red Sox-Yankees having a series right now. The Yankees are coming on strong. The Blue Jays kind the of... Yankees won today. Yankees yep. won the first game of the doubleheader. Yep. yep. So they're within uh, one game. The wild card is all of a sudden both ways. Yes. Uh, wild card's interesting, so that's that's fun to see. The Yankees uh, with those trades, I think if that's really kind of turned things around. Can the Blue Jays kind of come and overtake the Red Sox? We talked about the Red Sox collapse a little uh, bit last week. Uh, they've kind of righted the ship a little bit now, five and five over their last ten. But I mean, I would if I'm a Red Sox fan, I'm nervous about missing the pl- the postseason. Yeah, and I mean Oakland's right there. It's Oakland or Boston are tied, and the Yankees are one back. So and Toronto, you got to factor in Toronto. I do, I do. I still think they're they got a chance. So it's it's a good race. I didn't think it'd be this close at all. So it's good that there is something something of consequence here at the end of the season. And and uh, the, the bad thing about the National League is that the Giants are going to have the best record. Probably they're 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 five up on Milwaukee, mm-hmm. four four up on the Dodgers. So let's say the Giants win this thing, they're going to play the wild card. So you're gonna get Giants, Dodgers, a wild card or first round. Yeah. So that's and then you're gonna get Milwaukee, Atlanta, or Milwaukee, Philly, no, Philadelphia. So 
you know, you're going to get the two best teams in the league facing each other, I think, in that first round. And then uh, on the other side, it's, it's too close to call for the American League. It, it could be anybody's race. But, yeah, for now, you know, Giants-Dodgers, that's your divisional series. Is this, uh, an, is this an anomaly? Do we need to figure out a way to change the, the seeding for the playoffs in baseball? Well, it used to be you couldn't play the same team in your division in the first round. And then it became that he switched it a few years ago where the team with the best record would play the wildcard team, which is the way it should be. But when the wildcard team is going to win 100 games, like the Dodgers, that's no good. So I think that's right where it's Giants versus the wildcard winner. Mm-hmm. But I'd also like to see just just rank the four teams. You know, it should be Giants and against the Braves. Yep. And, you know, Dodgers Brewers would be great. Yes, so, absolutely. As of now, I think I... I think I'd pick the Giants. I don't know. Giants, Giants, Brewers. Yeah. That'd be a good uh, Giants, Brewers. And then I like uh, my Tampa Squad, your Tampa squad. Yes. Yeah. Which I finally like after all these years. And then, yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's like we said, the playoffs should be good. Yep. You're, you're going to look at it and say, like, yeah, any any of these eight or nine teams could, could make it. So I think that's good. And since we're talking about the Dodgers, it's our weekly uh, reminder to tell you that Trevor Bauer once again got his administrative leave extended. He had uh, he appeared at a hearing for uh, uh, yesterday or like uh, on Monday for uh, whatever it was. Like there's another there's another accusation from a woman from Ohio. Yeah. I believe so. That's another thing. Restraining order. That's the uh, that I, I couldn't yeah. I couldn't think of it, but uh, yeah. Uh, I, this is such a bad look for him. Like he's probably he's done for the year. Like he's probably not coming back. Yeah. At this point, why my does question the is, baseball just do that? Then we talked about this last week. It's just an embarrassing black eye that has to keep recurring over and over. Like if they just said, "Hey, you're done for the year," then we don't have to worry about. It. We don't even have to fact. We don't have to talk about it. But every time this comes up, it's like, oh, his leave got extended again. So now we have to drag this whole thing in. I mean, it's just like, come on, like. <laughs> Here's the difference between baseball and football. Trevor Bauer has what two allegations against against him? Sean mm-hmm. Watson has twenty two. Yep. And he's not on any suspended list. He's not on any. You're right. He should be. Any commissioner's list, like he's not gonna. I assume he's not playing week one. I don't know if that's going to be Houston's decision not to play him or what their deal is. Yeah, it's it's weird. He's play, he's practicing some and then he's not, and it's just it, it's one week he's there, the next week you're like, what is their plan? I don't know. Yeah. Um, how does the NFL not do something with him and say, you know what, you got a lot of stuff going on. Let's let's figure this out before I, you get going. I don't know, and they are still ongoing with their investigation. SI apparently. Uh, interviewed a couple of the women that the NFL interviewed, and they said that they didn't like the way that the NFL was handling it, or they didn't like the form of questioning. So it, that's kind of bringing into light how maybe shady this NFL investigation. It's 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 very bad. It absolutely is. Uh, and I don't. And I'm I'm not pretending like this. It's that you don't have a point there. I mean, it, you you absolutely do. And Deshaun Watson probably should be on paid administrative leave. It's just regarding Bauer. It's like you know that what's going on. So why do you have to keep oh extending it? Because he, he that doesn't that kind of mean then that he's clearly done something? Like come on, let's just we're just re rehashing the same thing over and over again. 
I don't think he's coming back the rest of the year, so there's that. And I don't know what his punishment is going to be. We'll see what happens. Um, and with Sean Watson, like, what is it? What is what is his punishment going to be? What is he going to get? Four games? I wouldn't think he'd get more than four games. Oh, what did Ben Roethlisberger get? What did anybody else get? A couple of games here, like the NFL just doesn't do anything like this. Unless you're Ray Rice and get caught in an elevator on video, you're just not going to get any sort of penalty. You're just not when it comes to this sort of thing. It's it's going to be really interesting to maybe see if the NFL tries to make an example out of him. I mean, the Texans are going to actively try and trade him, and the Philadelphia Eagles are, are one of the teams that are interested. So, I mean, it seems as though Deshaun Watson has played his last game as a Texan, and we've, we've – Mentioned the whole like I, I, I really like Cle- him, you know, from his days at Clemson. I think he's a really mm-hmm. good quarterback. And then you just kind of get taken aback by these allegations. Like, wow, maybe you aren't, you're kind of the devil in disguise, uh, mm-hmm. so to speak. Like, just didn't think that he was capable of doing any of this. It's just, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a bad, bad situation all the way around. It really is. Yeah. Um, not great. No, it is not. Twins are seven and three in their last ten, so uh, that that's great. They celebrated the '91 World Series team over the weekend. So you know, now that they're out of it, now that they traded some of their players, oh, let's just play some of our better baseball. So, what the hell? These random pitchers that they're starting—they're doing well. Mm-hmm. Bailey Ober and Griffin Jacks. These dudes are doing just fine. A lot better than the Matt Shoemakers and Jay Haps and everybody else they brought in. It's mm-hmm. like. Give these young guys a shot. They're cheaper, and they can't do any worse than the guys you brought in. So, bullpen's been a lot better. Uh, Alex Calamay's been fine. Uh, Taylor Rogers, he's out, but they've been playing uh, three straight: way Houston, Tampa, Chicago. The three first place teams, and they beat them all. So, that's good. Yeah, and Colum- that's nice. Calamay's played uh, pitched a lot better than he did at the start of the season, yep. which I mean, that was ultimately kind of the downfall for the Twins there. Was calling and Jorge Polanco having a he's been I would say the MVP yes of the team Jorge Polanco got up to a slow start he's been having a great year might hit thirty home runs he has been playing very very well he's been their best player their best hitter this season so good for him is that surprising that he's hitting thirty home runs like do we have to worry about uh, like some no. potential uh, PED use are they going to make I, sure that they don't let him get away. I wouldn't think so. He had, what, 22, I think, his career high. He's at 21, 22 right now. So he's right around his career high right now. So um, he's hit 20, 22 home runs before. So it is good to see he had walk-off hits, walk-off plate appearances Sunday, Monday. So that was good. I still haven't watched this team for months. So <laughs> Marcus, Marcus, he went to the game, I think, Saturday. Okay. So we got to see that. So that's that's good. And it was a twelve nothing. So yeah, pretty good game to go to. And uh, I was hoping to maybe go to a game this year. I doubt that happens now. But yeah, they're playing as well as they played all year. It's just too little. Too doesn't late. really matter right now. Yep. So. Too little. Too late. Um. But yeah, uh, just make sure Polanco doesn't leave. Uh, do you have a pitcher? Yeah, he's, he's he's signed up pretty cheaply for the next few years. So. Okay. Well, that's good. Do you have a pitcher and hitter of the week? I do. Um, Corbin Burns. Yep. I think people know who he is, but he's having a an exceptional year. He he should win the Cy Young. He should be your Cy Young winner, and he's having a 
a fantastic season. So, For those that don't know, Burns is with uh, the Milwaukee Brewers, and he struck out 10 guys in a row against the Cubs yeah. last week. And he was, what, he had like 50 strikeouts before his first walk this year or something like that. Yep. So he's he's having a very good year. So we should win the Cy Young. Um, Brian Reynolds, has he been on the list for a hitter? Uh, Maybe. He is not. No, no. He's not been at all. Oh, yes, no, yes, he has. Yep, back on June 14th. Ryan Reynolds has been on the list. We did Cedric Mullins of Baltimore. They're one long yep. bright spot. I mean, we could put Brian Reynolds again for Pittsburgh. Why not? No, that's fine. No, let's find somebody else. Scraping the barrel here. Let's take a peek. Uh, hitter of the week. Oh, I don't know. Let's go Jorge Polanco then. Hater of the week, we mentioned him. Been killing it lately. Mentioned him. So, Jorge Polanco. And that is the first Minnesota twin on the list this year. Yeah. Very good. And uh, remember the guy for the White Sox? That first week, that first couple weeks, he was killing it. Yeah. Was it uh, Mercedes? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Herman Mercedes, and he was like, what, four for four, like his first game, and he yep. was 27-28, and then first month, six week, just killing it, you know, first time in the majors. And then they sent him down to AAA, and then he, people thought he retired, but he didn't really, and he's back, and he's doing fine in AAA, and then he hit a home run against the Twins, I think it was, and Tony La Russa, Threw him under the bus and said, "Oh, I can't be swinging at pitches." Mm, yep. When you're up, you know, fifteen nothing. Seems ever since that point, like he hasn't done well. And like at the time, I thought it was stupid because this is a guy that's been around a long time. He's like in his late twenties and finally gets a shot and does well. And then all of a sudden, it's taken away from him like that. So you know, who knows? Maybe he'll be up in September. But as quickly as he came. He left, and then we'll see what happens with him. Yeah, that's not that's not good. No, so it's like the guy. I mean, yeah, I'd had no problem with him swinging at a you know three zero count, whatever up a dozen runs, but mm-hmm. that's Tony Larusa, whatever. Yes, the, the very old school, and Tony Larusa had to miss the game, the the um, Field of Dreams game, because I think he had his uh, brother's funeral or something down in Florida, so. You figured he had another DUI I had to go to court for. I, don't know. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that, but that's that's funny. That's true. Um, anything else baseball related we need to get to? Yes. Okay. Oh, there's a yes. Yes, go for it. There's an no hitter. Oh yes, yes, there was. Was it Friday, Saturday, whenever Tyler Gilbert of Arizona, the eighth of the season, which is the I mean, 1884, they had eight no hitters, but come on now, 1884. So this is, you know, the, the most ever in a season. And he, this is his first ever start. He's 27 years old. He had thrown three innings out of the bullpen. Uh, he was with the Phillies. They traded him to the Dodgers a year ago. And then he was a Rule 5 pickup in the draft by the Diamondbacks from the Dodgers. And had been nice numbers in the, in the minor leagues, but had been 27 and had never made the majors before. And he threw a no-hitter in his first start. So his career highlight came in his first start, and he'll probably never have a bigger you know, highlight than that in his career, which is cool. 
Isn't it um, a more? Isn't it amazing too that he did it against the Padres in that lineup? I guess yeah. Tatis wasn't playing. I think Tatis came back the next game or on Sunday. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, that's still awfully impressive to do it against a, a loaded lineup like the Padres have. Yeah, so he pitched well in his first start. He pitched very well, and like I was, I only got wind of it like in oh yeah, he's through eight innings and he's got a no hitter, so he got to see the final three outs. Um. And then Cleveland almost had a perfect game the other night. They gave up, like, one hit to Detroit the very next night or something like that. Oh, wow. Uh, Tristan McKenzie, uh, a very tall, skinny guy who has been a disappointment. He had a one-hitter going. I think it was four outs away, maybe from a no-hitter. He was mowing down Detroit pretty good. Well, yeah, it seems like, yeah, on a weekly basis, there's a one of those things that it's kind of – the pace has slowed since they took away the sticky stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, the offense usually picks up in the summer. Um, I think it was Ken Rosenthal had an article today about comparing, you know, the first couple months to the two summer months and how the summer months are usually better for the offenses. And that's the case this year, and he compared it, and it is just a little bit more, you know, 10 points on the batting average or a couple points here, a couple points there. Um, So uh, the sticky stuff seems to have... Helped the pitchers a bit too much, so now it's correcting back to what it used to be. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah, and then we had what Madison, but we had a couple of seven inning no hitters, which haven't counted. So, mm-hmm. I guess the question is, will there be one more? Will there be a ninth before the end of the year? We'll see. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, it's, you're going to see a lot of uh, teams kind of bring up some younger guys, so I would think that then it would you'd have a better chance of it happening. Mm-hmm. But we, we will see. We will see. Uh, anything- when, when, is, when is your uh, fantasy draft? Is that on uh, Thursday the 2nd or Tuesday? Tu- Tuesday, Tuesday is going to be the draft. Uh, after, Labor Day. after Labor Day. So what? Tuesday the 2nd? Oh, so. Okay. The uh, the one league that I'm in, they are a guillotine league. They're going to have a guillotine football league. Okay. On Thursday, September 2nd. I may have a volleyball game that day. So I'd like to maybe do that, but we will see. And nope, I don't. It does not appear that I do. So maybe I could do that. Woohoo! So, so that'll be exciting. Very so. good. Yeah, I'll be, I, I, I'm curious to see how, or to hear how uh, guillotine football leagues go. Um, I, mm-hmm. I just bought my fantasy football magazine um, uh, with Patrick Mahomes on, Hall of Famer Patrick Mahomes. Yes. So uh, that that's a good uh, look through that. And stuff. A draft. The first draft is uh, on Friday, August twenty seventh, as the third preseason game is going. On. So I hope I don't draft someone who ends up getting hurt. That would be a that would be no bueno. No. Bueno. I'll be excited. You just draft someone. Oh, it just got hurt. What the? F-? I mean that. that yeah, just, be... just wait. Wait until they're done. Wait until they're done. I, I wish we would. I really wish we would. Better to do it over Labor Day. But that's neither here nor there. Um, anything else sports-related we need to get to before we get to cereal talk? Should be good. We're looking forward to the cereal. Yes, we are doing M and N this week, so the state abbreviation for Minnesota. And uh, there are a lot of cereals here, Krenz, much like we've had in previous weeks, that uh, no idea what the hell these are. So, hopefully, here we go. We're going to start out with Mallow Oats. By Mom's uh, Best Cereals. 
Mallow Oats. Mallow. Mom's best. Mom's best. I'm going to go no. And that game looks like it's got marshmallows in it. So that's a no. Malted. And it looks like it looks also that they've got a beaver on the package. <laughs> a swan also in this uh, riverbed along with a buck. <laughs> How about, um, uh, let's see here. Malted Wheaties by Harvest Morn. They all are malted Wheaties. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, it, it's like, you know what, I don't like malts. I prefer shakes over malts. I don't like the malted milk powder. So maybe it's something, maybe it's a Wheaties coated in malted powder. Who's this by? Uh, it says here, uh, um, Harvest Morn. Also Aldi, perhaps? Like what? I get with these names. Harvest Morn. Like that sounds like death. <laughs> Morn. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a no. All right. Um, yeah, these look like uh, checks. These look like wheat checks. They might be okay, but I've never heard of them. Malted Wheaties. Like, what does that mean? Malted whole grain wheat cereal. Malted. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. I saw a couple of your weird cereals in the... I'm seeing less of the stupid ones, and I saw a couple of the ones you mentioned. Some of the more healthier ones that I'd never heard of. Okay. I saw them in the store the other day. Really? Okay. Uh, Some of those weird names. Well, this is good. I mean, this is this helps us just more get that that brown. Like now we're on the lookout for some of these odd cereals here. Yeah. How about Malt Wheats by Tesco? Tesco. It sounds like it's like a fuel, like something like you know, something yes. some NASCAR team would use for their fuel, like <laughs> Tesco fuel. Yes. Again, these again look like checks. Again, uh, they, they they might be good. I gotta, I gotta say no. I never never heard of them. I don't know what malted cereal means. Whole wheat malted cereal. What the fuck does that mean? I, I don't know. Like you, you hear malted mixed with malt or malt extra. I don't fuck malt is <laughs> malt is a grain. I guess so. Great malted milkshakes. Well, Jesus Christ. We'll, we'll get off the malted uh, train right now. How about we go maple and brown sugar mini spooners by Malto Meal? Maple and brown sugar mini scoopers? Spooners. Spooners. Spooners? Are these like frosted mini wheats as well, I would assume? I yeah. Uh, the mini spooners, I think I gave a yes to because uh, they're just frosted mini wheats and those are good. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. The. Uh, the brown sugar and maple, we have to say no. Wouldn't be opposed to it. Never seen them, though. Okay. How about Marshmallow Alphabets by Post Cereals? Alphabets, they're in there. I think I had them as a kid a couple times. Again, the marshmallows are a turnoff. No. Figured as much. Do you like? Do you like marshmallows? Do you like marshmallows? I do. I do, I do like marshmallows. Um, I, I especially your cereal. Like, like the Rice Krispie Treat cereal. That's very good. I mean, it's got it doesn't have like full yes. marshmallows, but I'll eat. I'll eat Lucky Charms. Uh, that is a very sweet cereal, Rice Krispie Treats. But I do like that. I, I remember getting it. Oh, bitch, that is sweet, but it is good. Mm-hmm. So when we get to the R's, um. But, uh, yeah, mini scoopers, no one to make one brown sugar, I guess, no. 
Oh, right. and then with the, and the marshmallows alphabets. I forget alphabets. Yeah, those are. Yeah, no, I just marshmallows. No, I don't want that in my milk. Well, then I'm sure you're not going to go with marshmallow mateys by Malto Meal. Ah, we got somebody in this house who's a fan of the marshmallow mateys. Would that be knockoff Lucky Charms? Yeah. Yeah. So knockoff <laughs> Lucky Charms in the big bag. Uh, no, no for me. No for me. Chocolates are no, and marshmallows are no. This may be my most uh, intriguing one that I've seen on the list so far, uh, at least in a while. Master Crunch by Master P. The rapper. Yes, I would imagine so. I saw like, one of their Cleveland running backs has a cereal. I think it's Nick Chubb. Chubb Crunch or whatever. Chubbies. <laughs> Give yourself a Chubbies. I don't know. Master Crunch... These look like Honey Nut Cheerios, so these might actually be good. Um, what in the hell? There's a basketball player on this. I have no. What is this? Is this like? Is this a? Uh... This is Uncle says Uncle Peas. Is this Uncle Peas? I don't. It just says Master. I guess... by Master P. What in the fuck? <laughs> this looks like. I guess this looks like Honey Nut Cheerios. So. I guess, yeah, Master Crunch, Uncle P's limited cereal. Who the fuck is Uncle P and Master P the same person? I don't know. Is it like maybe like I don't Puff know. Diddy or, you know, Puff Daddy? I don't know. Percy Miller. Did he play in the NBA? Did I miss something here? Uh, is this like... When um, did... Who's the, who's the guy who used to play for the Lakers and, like, he would always run his... Didn't he play for, like, the Lakers? Is that that guy, maybe? No. Did he? Master P the rap, did he play in the NBA? I don't recall this. His kid? What is this? I got him here in a Raptors jersey. <laughs> I guess he played for the Raptors. No shit. The, when did this happen? When did this happen? So apparently this is him. It's funny how Cheerios it looks like. To know for me, apparently he played for the Hornets, 98, 99, and then with the Raptors in 99, 2000, and he played with Fort Wayne in the CBA. Can't imagine he played like an actual NBA game. I, I assume he was in like preseason games, though that's something that I did not know about. Weird. Um, I guess he played in the preseason. Yeah, he did not an actual play in a. Oh, okay. In the regular, but he played. I guess that's that's at least something there. That's surprising to me. So was that so overall? Is that a yes or a no on the? That's a no. It could be good because they look like kind of Cheerios, and those are good. But to me, it's a no. Okay. This one I have no idea about. Uh, Maximize by Bocomo. Maximine. Maximize. Maximize by Bo Como. Is that a person? It sounds like an Af- it sounds like a country in Africa, if I'm being totally when honest. When I when I put in Maximize by Bo Como, I come up with archery shooters. Well, okay, well we could just skip this one. Then I don't <laughs> what, unless, unless you're like, an what the fuck shooter. would that even be? I, like what the fuck is this even Maximize by this is one of the first ones I can't even find what the fuck it is. 
How do you spell Bo? B-O-K-O-M-O. B-O-K-O-M-O. Bo Como. Yep. Former, former governor of New York. Um, couldn't tell you. <laughs> no, Bo Como. No. All right. All right. Well, thank you for this. Uh, that's a bad cereal there. Boo! <laughs> boo. Uh, Mega Man by Funko. <laughs> hey, get it, these fucking Funkos. <laughs> Mega Man. No. No. Yeah, Mega Man, how, instead of Funko, how about fuck no? <laughs> there fuck we go. No, I, would, I would. These look like uh, blue. Blue Cheerios. You can buy one uh, box for 40 bucks on Amazon. I'm going to say no. All right. No on the $40 for the Funkos. Blue version. Mega Man. Who the fuck Mega Man is? <laughs> How about Mickey Mouse Clubhouse Berry Crunch by General Mills? No, again with the berries. No, I can't do that either. All right. This one, you might also struggle. I don't have any one. I don't have any information on this, but it's called Maypo. M A Y P O. Maypo cereal. The uh, first thing I put in there, it's a bunch of commercials from 1956. All right. So that's a no. Well, just. Uh, it looks like it's a maple oatmeal. Looks like it's an oatmeal, something other. Oatmeal. So. Yeah. Nothing against the oatmeal, but I'm going to pass on that. But it's nasty. All right. Here, here's a few ones. It's called Milo cereal or Milo. M-I-L-O. It's by Nestle. They have... Nestle. They always know that. Uh, <laughs> from a couple weeks ago, Nestle really uh, yes. impressed me with their horseshit <laughs> cereals. It, they have, um, they have My, or Milo or Milo cereal, Crunchy Bites, and Duo. Whatever the hell these are. Uh, this Milo thing, they say there's a soccer player on it, so that's bad. Um, this looks like it's a Nest Quick type thing, like, you know, put it in milk. Okay. Chocolate milk type editioner. Um, yeah, bad, bad. Right. No, and bad. It's a green thing, got a soccer player on it. I don't know if that's Milo or who this soccer player is supposed to be. Looks like a chocolate drink of some sort, so I assume the cereal is also chocolate. So, no, another winner. From the folks at Nestle. <laughs> stick to water and candy, please. Yes, stick to your crunches and your waters because you're terrible at anything else. How about, let, we'll get something maybe a little more on the, the right path here. How about mini cinnamon churros by Post Cereals? That, oh boy, that seems like it'll kill you. <laughs> churros, you get churros at the Mexican place. Those are really like that. Like the crunchy on the outside, soft on the inside, the churros. Yes. Getting for dessert. Yep, yep. Cinnamon uh, yeah. on them. Yep, yep. Is it cinnamon toast crunch churros? I see that. I mean, that, again, this looks like something that's eat fucking two bowls of it and you, you'll be dead. <laughs> I mean, this, you know, why would you, yes, why would you put this in? Uh, here I see Oreo churros for 120 bucks. No. <laughs> like, churros by themselves, like, it's, it's, it's a fine little dessert. But fuck, I don't want 50 of them in a bowl with milk. Or, no, no, no. Uh, okay, we'll go. How about Mini Wheats by Kellogg's? Thumbs up, Mini Wheats. We like it. Normal cereal, Kellogg's, somebody that knows what the hell they're doing. <laughs> uh, is it Frosted Mini Wheats or just Mini Wheats? It just says Mini Wheats. Uh, I think okay. we did Frosted Mini Wheats. 
Um, a while ago. Yes. So I mean, if they're not frosted, it's a no for. I guess it's a no. So. Oh, rats. Okay. I, like if they're not, I need a little bit there. I mean, mini wheats with the bale of straw, basically, <laughs> and I need, I need a little bit on there. So it would be uh, a no. I, I but what he asked for the frosted ones that we did earlier. So now we go to monster cereals, and there's several out here that are currently presently in production here. So monster cereals, we have Booberry, and these are now this here. This, the these cereals, I'm not familiar with them. I wasn't, but we got a board game a year or two ago. Okay, where did we, where did we get that terrible board game from? Coles got it from Coles, I guess. And um, the five, four, five cereals of these people here. Mm-hmm. And no, they're real cereals. Yes. Yeah, I did not know that. And they're real cereals. And uh, it was a fun game uh, to play, kind of complicated to get going. But then once we got going, it was fun. So, yeah, I, yeah, I kind of thought it was fake. But all of them are no. Okay. Anyway, uh, uh, you run down the list there. They're all yep. no's for me, but it's yep. very interesting. All right, so we have Booberry. Yeah, these are all, again, all by General Mills. So we have Booberry, we have Count Chocula, and Frankenberry that are all in production. Yeah. So no on the chocolate, no on the Frankenberries and such, but uh, we do have a board game that goes with that. So it's an interesting one. No kidding. But uh, no for me on, the, on all of those. Okay. Count Chocula, Frankenberry, Booberry, you know. I'm not. Gonna, I should like. The, yeah. I, I should like the fruit. I feel like I should like the fruit cereals, but I just haven't had good experiences with them. It just isn't, isn't uh, everyone's cup of tea. This cereal, I, I, you're not going to find this. I just have. It's called Most. I. It's just exactly how it's spelled. It doesn't give me anything else. Um, most. Yes, most. M O S T. M O S T. Um. This looks like an old one. Most of them make this anymore. Um, so no, for me, this looks like frosted. This looks like mini wheats. Big old. This looks like uh, was it Kellogg's frosted mini wheats? Uh, Who makes mini wheats? I we yes we do like uh, Kel- Kellogg's frosted. Uh, yes, Kellogg's frosted mini wheats. I guess this is uh, Kellogg's as well. This looks like. High fiber cereal looks good for you. Pretty plain. Looks like uh, mini wheat, so another version of that. But uh, yeah, this looks like an old cereal. I've not seen it on the shelves. So and if no. you do, it's probably very, very old. Yeah, probably old. Probably something something they uh, did a long time ago. So probably good for you. Here's some uh, appears to be a nasty cereal. It's called Muesli. M U E S L I. Harvest Morn appears to be the one here. Mieselix? Yeah, no, no. Kellogg's? No, 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 no. That one's next. Well, do you want to... Let's just go. Like, oh. Mieselix. I've never heard of this. Mieselix? That's something that, what, makes you shit? What do you call that stuff? Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think so. They're like, yeah. Mucinex. Mucinex is the toe fungus, right? Yes. Uh, the, the toe <laughs> fungus guy. Uh, yeah, that's bad. Mieselix? Never heard of it? Um, it's got some nuts in it. Looks like it's got some raisins. Uh, not opposed to it. Never heard of it though, so it's a no. But it does not look terrible. It does have a few nuts, uh, some raisins. So it doesn't look too bad. So but, it, uh, raisin almonds mix. I don't know. 
So if I you, try it, but I've never heard of it. So if you drop an X and just go Muesli, uh, what does that give you? It should give you something from like Harvest Morn. Muesli. <clears throat> this looks like, oh boy, Christ, this. Um, <laughs> Muesli. This looks like a bunch of shit in a bowl. This looks like a bunch of. You can make it. It looks like granola. Something Stigmeyer would probably like. <laughs> this looks like a bunch of muesli, a bunch of oats and cornflakes and dried fruit and nuts and seeds. I mean, if you need that much shit in a cereal, it's you know more than a couple things in a cereal. Now we're getting getting. This looks like a mouthful. It's a no for me. Muesli, uh, whoever you are, this looks. This looks a lot. <laughs> a lot of things, a lot of nuts and things. So no on the muesli. We're finally to our last M now, and it's Muffets by Quaker. I don't think I've given a yes yet, have I? You have not. You you, you gave a temporary yes to Mini Wheats by Kellogg's, and I said, uh, oh, nope, it's got to be Frosted. Muffet cereal by Quaker. This is Shredded Wheats again. This is Mini Wheats again. A lot of Mini Wheats in this category. No. These look like round. They're round. Instead of being rectangle, I guess, these are round. Quaker got to be the most boring goddamn thing. Quaker cereal's got to be just boring as shit. Well, one would so. imagine. One would imagine. We have far fewer on the nest, or on the ends here, but uh, I just almost gave one away. I essentially did give it away here. How about, uh, as we go to the ends, Nestle Nesquik by General Mills and Nestle. I don't know if this... Is this the powder? Is this a cereal? So Nestle Nesquik, I don't like chocolate milk. And these are chocolate, of course. These look like chocolate kicks. Kicks, round little round guys. Yep. But chocolate. So it's an O for me. I don't like chocolate milk. Um, so no. Not, of- not, not, not the dumbest thing I've ever heard. The name's stupid, but Nesquik. I mean, that at least makes a little bit of sense. At least Nesquik, you put the shit in milk, don't you? You put the chocolate powder right. in the milk. Yep. So at least, okay, at least milk is involved in this, it looks like. Chocolate kicks. So it's an O for me, but I could understand that. That'd be an idea. It's like, hey, how about we make this into a cereal? Um, seems to make sense. I'm disappointed that these two cereals are no longer in production, so you don't have to look at them, but there's a Nickelodeon Green Slime cereal that General Mills oh. made back in 2003, and then a Nintendo cereal system by Ralston and Nintendo back in 1988 and 89. That looks, uh, that sounds very intriguing. Here, uh, the next one though we're gonna go with is Nut and Honey by Kellogg's. Yeah, those two would piss me off if I ever see those in the store. Nintendo cereal, whatever the fuck. Why would you come up with that? It looks like a bunch of things with colors. And green slime cereal is a bunch of little green guys. So whatever. <laughs> what was the other one? Uh, Nut and Honey by Kellogg's. No. Um, again, nuts. I don't, not huge on the nuts, you know, honey and nuts. It might be okay. Honey and nut crunch by Kellogg. They got crunch flakes. It's an O for me. Nutra grain by Kellogg's. 
Nutrigrain by Kellogg's. I feel like I've heard of that. I've heard of that. Nutrigrain by Kellogg's. Well, like it's like, like a Nutrigrain fruit bar. I've heard. of. Yeah, so. makes the yeah. Nutrigrain. Why you would make that into a cereal? I don't know. So no, for me. Um, yeah, no. Nutrigrain. Like you don't need to make that new cereal. So it's no for me. The bars, I'm sure, are fine. Um. But no. Our last one, then. Our last one. It's Neon Neon by Aklanandage. Fuck if I know. N-I-O-N-N-I-O-N. N-I-O-N. Yep. N-I-O-N. One word? Uh, Hyphenated. Neon Neon. Yep. What the fuck? <laughs> By Acolandage or something. Uh, Again, this is another one that I'm going to find. By A? A K? Who? By A? It's A C H A L A N D A G E. It looks like uh, Acolandage or something. Like Anchorage, Alaska. Yes, what that's I exactly what I think of. This is a no. Like, if we can't even fucking know what the fucking words are again like a lot of these like what 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 is this again like with the names names are ridiculous this is an L neon neon no well that does it for this week no cereals have we ever done that before? Have I never ever ever just said A? Um, oh, I'd have to go back. Okay, so what did we do? We did like A's. No, we had some on A's. We had uh, one on B. Uh, C. We had multiple ones. Oh, we did B D E together, and that one we had one. Yep, I think this might be the first one that we did E F G. We have we did. Usually, there's at least one, or it's like yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's disappointing. Yeah, Mini Wheats would be the closest one. Yep. A couple others look good that I've never, never heard of, but, um, yeah, M&N's not, not good. Well, not I, good think, at all. I think we're going to get some next week. We're going to do O, P, Q, and R. So that's, uh, I think, one we got. I mean, R's, R's are Rice Krispies. You got those in the mix. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there'll be a couple. Yes. Anything else we need to get to before we say so long? I've had my phone for two weeks or so. And you love so, it. Um, it's good, yeah. It's good. So, I set the phone. So, I got a smartphone at work, so it was, it was 150 bucks. So, it's, I was pleased with the price. I've been pleased with the way it's worked, so it's been, it has been good. I would, I would also be pleased with the price of $150. Because this is a Motorola, and apparently you can hook this up to any any uh provider oh that's nice uh, there was one that was 100 bucks that i wanted but they were out of that of course there was one that was like 125 that was oh we have it oh no we don't have it and then uh this one was the next one at 150 so i'm like all right it's 150 um that's all i have to do and uh just 
my SIM card just changed from one of my phone to the other. It was a very simple process, so it was very easy. So I liked I liked that. It was easy to set up, and it set it up that night. So I've been pleased with the whole thing. Very good, very good. Yeah, ease and simplicity, that's, that's, that's where it's at. That's yes. where it's at. Well, you have a good rest of your week. Enjoy your last week of real freedom for a while before the busyness ensues. And, uh, you know, stay cool in, with these uh, next few days. Enjoy the weekend, and we'll talk to you next week, my friend. Sunday, we've got the big show Sunday yes, at 5, do. college football, and then uh, we'll do it there. Shot and Kirk will yes. be there. Uh, Marcus Charlie, here. of course. Marcus, I haven't heard from him. We'll see. But uh, I would think so. Yes. We'll see. So yes. it'll be a show. We'll do another lounge, and maybe in the next week or two after that, we should probably do our big NFL schedule draft. Yes, yes. Uh, in, in lieu of an actual preview. And um, – Aaron Rodgers was with the Packers. That's kind of what I was waiting on, yep. and he ain't going nowhere. So we can do our draft yes. uh, here probably in a couple of weeks. Very good, very good. Well, yes, I look forward to uh, seeing you on Sunday and, uh, and doing that show, so that'll be fun. Uh, until then, you have a good rest of your week. All right, we'll see you later. Travis Crins joining me here on the Sports Block Podcast. As, as always, great stuff there. Uh, yes, the shows get longer as we head into – Football season, our favorite time of the year. That's when a lot of the stuff is, you know, we talk about, of course, with college football and the pros. Uh, baseball, we'll talk that as well as we head towards the hunt for October. Podcast can be found on podcast.com. Follow me on uh, Twitter at Andy Stacken. Uh, Travis is on Twitter at Travis Crins. Facebook, Nathan Stacken. A link to the podcast. Post a middle to later part of each week. We're just getting started, though. We're about halfway done. Coming up next, Charlie Hildebrand makes his triumphant return to the Sports Block Podcast to preview, start our college football preview. Our three-week preview kicks off next for the 2021-2022 college football season. That's coming up next here on the Sports Block Podcast. Again, available on podcast.com. We continue here on the Sports Block Podcast, and it is that time of the year. College football is upon us, and it's been far too long since we last spoke, but I'm pleased to be joined by my good friend from the Northwest Iowa Review. It is Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, how are we doing? I'm good. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movies, I'm back. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And I am very pleased that you are back a lot. to. Uh, you'll be with us throughout the college football season, but this is the beginning of our three-week uh, preview leading up to the official beginning of college football, even though week zero technically is just two weeks away. I'm looking forward to it. This should be last year was a weird year. This should be, I mean, hopefully, I guess you never know what's going to happen, but a much more normal year where you don't have the Pac 12 teams, you know, playing four games in the regular season and stuff like that. So it should be fun. Yep. And I think this year now, if they can't go, you're going to be forfeiting. I think that's at least what the Pac-12 has implemented, uh, has, been, has put in place. Uh, before we get to that, so this week we're going to discuss the Big 12, the SEC, and the Pac-12 uh, because there is news surrounding the Big 12 and the SEC, which we will start with. I also have a couple of other items here. But the big news over the, the summer, I guess, really within the last month, but in, it r- relates to all college sports, but... Uh, Iowa State being in the preseason top 10. Well, I agree. That is the biggest news. It is. It's very true. Iowa State at number 7. I must admit that that caught me a little off guard, just like Cincinnati being number 8. Um, but 
with college football right around the corner, Texas and Oklahoma are going to leave the Big 12, I believe July 1st of 2025, and join the SEC. Now, who knows if it could be sooner or not. Uh, I mean, they would have to pay oodles and oodles of money, but I think they're they're quite all right with that. But two, two questions here. What were your first thoughts when you heard this? And also, what do you think this does for the landscape of college sports, specifically relating to college football? My first thoughts were I was surprised because I don't remember there really being any like subtle chat like sometimes you know with stuff it's you hear little tiny whispers and then they're a little bit louder and it's a process and this was just like oh this is happening and then you know two days later or whatever they were like yeah that's official we're doing it for real and i remember being very surprised by it if you're texas or oklahoma i can understand why you want to do it just in terms of money i mean i think texas or texas a&m have been the highest grossing athletic departments for the last decade or so mm-hmm. and they're gonna be they're just gonna make more money in the sec than they are in the big 12 they're gonna get better contract deals they're gonna play more big games and be on i guess i shouldn't say they'd be, they'll be on tv more but they so they're on tv regardless but they'll be in better windows with more more big games where recently especially if you're oklahoma because you know texas has kind of struggled since they fired back brown most of the time mm-hmm Oklahoma occasionally has a big game with Texas or Oklahoma State. I guess the last couple of years, Iowa State, but they just don't have that many premium opponents in conference play. And they will not have to worry about that going forward. And the, uh, the new, I guess what will be up to 16 teams in the SEC now? That, yes. Yep. You know, I mean, you just start thinking about them, you know, when all of a sudden you're like, oh, hey, guess what? You know. Tennessee's our ninth most historically relevant program. It's like, oh, actually, that's pretty good for number nine. But most conferences, they'd be in the top five. Right, right. And I think in a lot of ways, it's one of those weird things, like a lot of the stuff that's changed in college football, probably since well before we were born, but certainly in the last 20 years, where it's like, yeah, I get why they're doing this. There's going to be fun things about it that'll be good, but also it may end up being bad, too. I mean, we kind of have to wait and see, but certainly I don't think it's going to be good for the rest of the remaining Big 12 teams, Mm. Uh, the other eight. I think there was really early on talk of, like, Iowa State or Kansas or a few of them going to the Big 10. I do not think the Big 10 is going to take any of the remaining Big 12 teams. I know there's talk of the Big 12 and the Pac-12 joining forces. That could happen, I suppose. It's, I don't know, it's, it's going to be weird just because of, at the end of the day, the SEC and the Big Ten hold more hearts than anyone else. Mm-hmm. And whatever they want to do, they're probably going to end up winning one way or the other. I mean, I suppose if you have a uh, the Big 12 and the Pac-12 and the ACC merge, all of them together could be like, oh, well, now we can do stuff, but... Uh, even then, again, the the problem with all this to start with is that just the SEC and Big Ten schools are just bigger. They have more schools and they're more tradition-rich programs. And they have more alumni. I mean, the Big Ten has more schools with 50,000 or more people than any other conference in the country. Mm-hmm. And that's just how you get big fan bases. I mean, if you ever wonder why there's so many Michigan fans, it's because historically they're good. 
but also because it's like, oh yeah, we have 48,000 students and every four years you cycle in a new bunch of kids and those kids that leave all still remain Michigan fans because they went to school. Mm -hmm. I hate it because, you know, it's such a money grab and I, I mean, that's obviously where college sports is. Let's not pretend like it's not about the money. But you do lose the tradition. I think you do lose just some of the power. I, I think it. I think it will ultimately change the landscape of college sports. You're going to see a lot more conference realignment. I think West Virginia is going to go out. Uh, you know, they're not going to stay in the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve itself will dissolve here. It's just a matter of where the the schools decide to go. Um, I I don't know. I just I, I don't like it. But unfortunately, that's the landscape that we're at here. I think a. Big 12, Pac-12 merger would be good, and and still West Virginia can bow out and go to the either the AAC, which would I guess be a step down, or they could go to the ACC, which would make a hell of a lot more sense. Um, I, I I don't like it. Uh, this came out of nowhere, and I'm a little surprised to be to be fully honest that that the when the vote came up because Texas A&M had made such a squawk about they were going to protect. The brand and say like, oh, we're the only Texas team, uh, or in the we're only they're the only team in the state of Texas in the SEC, and that's the way we're going to keep it. But yet, when the vote came up, it was fourteen nothing. And I think a school like, like a Vanderbilt, they just don't have any power to do anything here apart from baseball. You know, because basketball is not great, football is atrocious. Like they just are essentially you know the St. Mary School for the Blind uh, when it comes to SEC powers. I'm a little surprised that they said, yeah, let's bring in two more juggernauts for us to lose to, even though it is, at the end of the day, all about the money. I, That's because they make more money. I don't think anyone at Vanderbilt, other than the players and coaches, really care that much. Right. I don't know. I can't I can't personally speak for this. I've never been. But I would imagine the president, or whoever the president or chancellor or whatever, Vanderbilt, is just like, well, we're getting murdered anyways. If we're going to get murdered, we might as well bring in two more teams so we just make a bunch more money this right. way. Yep. I mean, do you want to get murdered driving a Cadillac or do you want to get murdered driving a Ferrari? I'm like, well, we might as well go, might as well go for Ferrari, man. Yep. Yeah, it's it's true. I just, it's, I don't know. I was a little surprised that it was uh, unanimous, but I guess we'll see where it goes. But the conference realignment stuff, certainly stuff that we can look at down the road. A couple other, uh, any other thoughts then on that, uh, on that merger? I think the only other thing I would add, not about the SEC specifically, but that I feel bad for some of the remaining Big 12 schools, and I just, I don't know what they're going to do. The problem is is they don't really have any leverage, other than Oklahoma State is usually good at football, but isn't great that often. And I guess Iowa State's been good the last couple of years, but certainly historically isn't. I just don't know why... Even the Pac-12 would be like, yes, we want to bring in all of these schools just because I don't know how much it helps the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if you could only add Oklahoma State, you might be like, well, yeah, we'll take Oklahoma State. You take Kansas or if we could only basketball. take Oklahoma State and TCU, you'd yeah. be like, well, fine, maybe we'll take those two. But I don't think they'd want to take the remaining eight. I don't think we have any interest in you know, bringing in Kansas State or Baylor or no. Texas Tech, who usually aren't that good and don't have the massive followings that some of the other ones do. I mm-hmm. mean, you'd be better off adding them, certainly, you know, than Louisiana Monroe. Yep. But I still don't think it's enough that 
they're really going to want them. And I mean, now, now when I say that, I think the mid-major conferences might. I mean, certainly the the uh, Conference USA or the American Athletic Conference probably be like, well, yeah. I mean, we'll take Kansas. It makes us way better at basketball. But yep. I think they went from, you know, a stable position to unstable. And looking back on it with hindsight being 2020, it's like, oh, yeah, I get more so now, even than I did then, why Colorado and Nebraska and Missouri and Texas A&M were all like, yeah, maybe we do want to leave the Big 12 after all. Well, that's even what I was wondering. Like, is there a potential where – Nebraska and Missouri come back, or you know, enjoy. Nebraska is going back, even though some Nebraska fans would want to go back. Mm-hmm. The Nebraska officials aren't going to do it because they're they're more secure. I mean, oh, absolutely. It's kind of like would you would yep. you rather be in a stable relationship in an upper an upper class house, or would you rather be in a very unstable relationship in an upper middle class house? Right. They're just like, oh well. We'd rather we have more money and more stability, so yep. I think we're going to stay here. And Absolutely. same with Missouri, also. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Missouri in the SEC, they aren't going to leave that that contract at all by any stretch. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see where where it goes from here. Uh, legendary football coach at Florida State, Bobby Bowden, passed away a couple weeks ago. Uh, any- That's right. I saw that, and somehow I'd already forgotten about yeah. that, and feel bad because was one of the best college football coaches ever. He was. I found out about that. I was in the airport. I, I recently traveled to Chicago for the first time. The day we were flying back, I saw that. It just a hint of, like, historic irony. On a, many years ago, I don't know, probably in, like, 2008 or 2009 or something, mm-hmm. I went to visit a friend and flew by plane and needed something to do on a plane flight, so I went to the bookstore in the airport. I think it was in Denver. And there was a biography on Bobby Bowden, and I read it all the time. So I read a Bobby Bowden biography on a plane, however many years ago, and then just recently found out while I was in the airport that he died. It was very uh, that is ironic. It's kind of odd. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what are your thoughts on him, though, on Bobby Bowden, what he meant to the game, and stuff? I mean. And obviously, the legacy that he left at Florida State, because Florida State has not been very good at football since he left. Uh, to be fair, they did win a national title after he left under Jimbo Fish. I, I, I suppose, think they were yes. good under yep. Jimbo after yep. he left. But once, but once Jimbo left, it's yes. been really, really bad. Since yes, then. yes. I, I apologize. I didn't mean to overlook the Jimbo Fisher era. But certainly, like when you think of Florida State, you think of Bobby Bowden. You think of the dominance, the excellence that was Florida State football and just what he meant to the game and college football in general. Uh, what do you thought? What do you think of that? Yeah, you won, he won, I think he won two national titles, and he had a run from, I don't remember the exact years, but I think it was a, four, a 13 or 14-year run where every single year they finished at the top five. And, I mean, you think about that. Alabama's not done that. Now, Alabama's won more national titles, but it's not finished in the top five. They've had a couple of years where they've had two or three losses and finished outside the, the top ten. But you combine, like, how good he is on the field or how good he was, and that I think other than maybe some Miami and Florida fans who, you know, rival schools and don't like him, mm-hmm. seems to generally be a guy that everyone's like, oh, no, he's like a, he's a good guy that everyone liked and got along with, too. And uh, I guess kind of is like one of the last of, like, the uh, – 
the old boy Southern coaches, uh, that's not the right way to phrase that. Like that, but in like a good way and mm-hmm. not a bad way. I just kind of like the, ch- the charming, like, oh, shucks kind of attitude. The Southern gentleman, so to speak. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I could be forgetting about someone, but I can't think of any of that. Or at least that, that did it quite like him. And, you know, God, I don't know how long he coached off the top of my head. I know, I know he was at West Virginia for a while before he went to Florida State. He was at Florida State for at least 30 years. Like, oh, he may have been there for 40 at Florida State by itself. And just went on an unprecedented run at the time of consistency. And, like, excellent consistency finishing in the top five. and could have won two or three other national titles, you know. A couple of those wide rights against Miami, if they're a little bit more to the left, you know, all of a sudden you win two or three more. And uh, and I guess the, the upside is that, you know, at least he went to log and what sounds like a happy life, you know, it wasn't like he was dying at 64 or something like that. Mm-hmm. He was in his 90s. But yeah, yeah. I think I think it's safe to say, and well, this is tough to say, but, so maybe I shouldn't say safe to say it. He'd probably be one of the guys that you're going to say, hey, we want a Mount Rushmore for the best college football coaches. You could probably come up with a way to not put Bobby Bowden on there. It'd be really difficult to leave him off. Yep. He coached Florida State from 1976 to 2009. Uh, Considered one of the greatest college coaches of all time for his, you know, just the way he he led that Florida State program. And, And like you said, it would be very difficult to leave Bobby Bowden off of the off of a Mount Rushmore of college football coaches like it, you know. I mean, you could put Joe Paterno on there, but that's that name certainly carries a little different weight now these days. Um, you know, Paul Bear Bryant, Nick Saban would be certainly up there uh, as well, and he, you know, he's still coaching. But yeah, Bobby Bowden certainly left uh, his legacy at Florida State without question. I mean, I remember watch because the the year that Michael Vick uh, led Virginia Tech to the national championship game there at the Sugar Bowl. Uh, in New Orleans, they lost to Florida State in the championship game. That was the year, though, that I became a Virginia Tech fan just because I loved, you know, just watching how electrifying Michael Vick was. But, you know, it, uh, losing to Florida State, it's like, and oh he, could, he couldn't beat Chris Winkie and Peter Warwick. Yeah. Those are the only two guys I remember that played on that team. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. I should bust out the old Peter Warwick Cincinnati Bengals jersey as a tribute to, to Bobby Bowden. <laughs> just shot. Uh, and also, man, I mean, there's a lot of, but I, I just remember, I, there was a point in time, I think Florida State had more NFL players than any other school. Yes. And I don't mean, like, just for one year. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think it was for 15 years. Because, you know, obviously, like, Miami and Florida and USC and some other times have done it, too. But there was a stretch of a few years where it was just like, oh, yeah, like, every single NFL team has seven or more Florida State guys on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now that that's switched over to Alabama. So, yeah, Bobby Bowden uh, gone away but uh, lived a great life, 91 years old uh, when he passed away. And uh, certainly Florida State, uh, yes, Jimbo Fisher won a national championship there with him, but they really haven't been the same fully since he left. And maybe that's kind of why Jimbo Fisher <laughs> jumped ship to go to A&M, which I don't know how great that's been going. It's been fine, I guess, an Orange Bowl victory last year. But, anywho, uh, before we get into the previews then, last uh, last thing, uh, Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. You know, Lane Kiffin, who wore, you know, just this almost like a, a G-string-esque uh, mask. I mean, it was just, it was putrid last year. It was a loincloth. That's what it was, a loincloth. 
uh, for a mask last year. It didn't really seem like he was taking COVID seriously. But Ole Miss becomes the first college football program with 100% of their players vaccinated, fully vaxxed. And that comes when the state of Mississippi overall, uh, like many in the South, are really struggling to get their own citizens vaccinated. How big of a deal is this? Big deal, little deal, or no deal at all that Ole Miss becomes the first program to get their players fully vaccinated? That's a good question. I, um, How should I put this? I think it's a big deal in terms of it's a good thing that happened because I think you should get vaccinated. I don't think it's going to dramatically change the vaccination rates in Mississippi, though. No, I, I could be wrong. I'm not an expert on the ins and outs there, but I, I, I don't think there are going to be a lot of people that are going to say it. I did not want to get vaccinated, but I'm an old Miss fan, and I saw that they did, and now I will. Hopefully, I'm wrong, and they do, and that it uh, helps things and keeps more people from getting sick and. COVID it, it seems, but though, I, like it's certainly a competitive advantage for Ole Miss over the rest of the field, especially in the SEC, potentially, because they won't have to lose players, hopefully, because they test positive. That's true. That's a good point. I didn't think of it from that standpoint. But, yeah, I mean, especially now that they've changed, or at least I don't think every conference, some of the conferences, you know, said that if you don't have enough eligible players, it's not going to be a no contest like last year. It's going to be a forfeit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, we can see to you. I mean, I think we talked about this last year. They didn't really come to fruition in, you know, doomsday scenarios like we thought, but it could this year where you're like, oh, they're great, but they had to forfeit two games. They didn't lose any on the field, but so-and-so lost two games to forfeit. Now they, you know, aren't, aren't playing in the playoffs. So, right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I suppose it's possible it could be that Ole Miss wins the SEC in part because now. Right. Absolutely. They're, they're certainly going to be a factor. I think they're, you know, they showed last year uh, just, you know, how good they they were, you know, the, the, the points and everything that they put up. Uh, they, what, they beat Indiana in the Outback Bowl or uh, the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, one of the, one of the Florida Bowl games. Uh, so we'll see if they can take a jump there. And let's start there with the SEC as we begin our 2021-2022 college football preview. Let's start with the best in the of the uh, the best in the land. Uh, the 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 rest is better than the, well, whatever. I, I don't know what I'm saying here, but regardless, the SEC is the cream of the crop when it comes to college football. Alabama number one yet again this year in the polls. Uh, they are just on a dominant streak. But we'll start in the East. The Eastern Division here. I've gone through and I've come up with these records, and I don't know just how accurate these are. So you, you know, you being our resident college football expert, will can can put me in line here on some of this stuff. But let's just begin with the East. And, All right, I put my critical thinking gap on. All right, and I don't know. Have you have you gone through each conference, kind of come up with records and and looked at that? Have you bought Phil Steele's book I, yet? I've bought Phil Steele's magazine. I did not pick individually each game like I've done at times in the past. I've got teams who I picked who I think are going to win each division. But I didn't go through like I've done in years past where I've been like, no, I think, you know, I don't know, Texas A&M is going to go 9-3. Mm-hmm. And these are the three games I picked up to lose. Yep. I did not okay. go that far with it, but I can give you thoughts on each division and conference. Okay. Well, that's and good. who's going to win. And I have picked... And I am certainly eager to hear your pick. I mean, I don't want to hear every single game, but... Sure. I'm, I'm intrigued to hear 
at least record-wise, for who you think is going to finish in the top two, two or three spots in each division. And I, like I said, I could be way off on some of these, but I and it seems like this team does disappoint us at least one week, maybe two a year, as of late. And the the pressure is certainly on him at this point. But I think the smart money is on Kirby Smart and Georgia to win the SEC East. If I look at their schedule, I have two games that I think could really flub them up. And that would be at Tennessee on November 13th. And then uh, just a couple weeks before, the day before Halloween. Or no, I'm I'm sorry, not at Tennessee. I'm sorry, Auburn, at Auburn on October 9th. And then okay. the that makes more sense. I was going to yeah, say I don't yep, know if no, I'd be too I, worried about Georgia playing at Tennessee nope. unless they played Alabama the week before. Yep, um, Florida on October thirtieth, but they open up with Clemson, and that to oh, me, that's right. I forgot that they play each other to yeah. open the year. This is it. Doesn't it's not a, a necessarily like elimination game, but it kind of is like a de facto one. Like it just puts you in a. It, it puts the winner in a great spot, you know, driver's seat going forward for the rest of the year. And I think the more more of the pressure is on Georgia because Georgia's schedule is more difficult than Clemson's. I think Georgia wins that game against Clemson. I think they have more, you know, DJ Oangalele, uh, that's, I think that's really close. Uh, the, I forget how you said so the only time I remember watching him play last year was against Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yep. I forgot how you pronounce it. I remember he's like 6'5 and 240 and could throw a uh, throw a football through the, the steel part of a goal post. Yeah. He's got such a strong arm. And he is a great quarterback. Got a you know, got an NIL deal with uh with Dr. Pepper, so good for him on that. But I think it I think George is gonna win that game in a close one. And I just feel like if Georgia wins that game, that's going to set the tone for the whole season, and they could go undefeated. Am I crazy to think that Georgia can finish the season 12-0 and headed into the SEC championship game? First off, with that Clemson-Georgia game week one, you said it's not necessarily a make-or-break game. I'm, I'm inventing this term right now, and hopefully I remember this and don't forget it. I'm going to call it an insurance run game. If you win, it's your insurance run that if you lose somewhere else, you can always point to this, that you won this game. Perfect. But if you lose the game, it's like, oh, we had an insurance run in baseball, and now we don't anymore, and it's tied. And we really have to be almost perfect from here on out that. Mm -hmm. I like that. I also, I like, I think I would pick, I would pick Georgia in that game, too. I don't think it's crazy to think they could go, I mean, they certainly could go undefeated. They're one of six or seven power five teams that if you pointed to and said, yes, they possess the talent that they could win all their games, that it's realistic. I uh, So I guess you made your picks. You want me to tell you who I have winning the, the SEC East now or no? Well, yes. Yeah, yeah, you certainly can. I mean, we can go further on down here. In- I won't always tell you right away, but in this case I am because I agree I also have Georgia winning the SEC East. All right. And do you think they can go undefeated? I'm just looking – here, where this game with George is being played at, it is being played at Bank of America Stadium. So certainly, uh, it would seem as though that's more of an advantage for Clemson, you know, being that it's being played in Charlotte versus, say, Atlanta. But I mean, it's not like Athens is that far of a drive away from from uh, from Charlotte, that, you know, to get there. So it's not. It should be pretty split, I would imagine. I think I'm changing my mind. 
I think Clemson is going to win the first game, but I think Georgia's running the table from there on out. Okay. Okay. And in some ways, it's probably good for Clemson just because Georgia is going to have more chances to get big wins that, you know, it won't be like, hey, you lost to the one good team you played. Your record isn't that impressive based off the schedule. Mm-hmm. Where Clemson could run into that if they don't beat Georgia, where it's like, well, yeah, I mean, you're 12-1 and one at ACC champs, but you lost to Georgia and nobody cares about the rest of the teams you played. Other than maybe North Carolina, we'll see if North Carolina is as good as people think they're going to be, but yeah. So you have Georgia winning the SEC East. Uh, I do. The, I changed my mind to they're going 11-1. Okay. They're going to lose, and then they're running the table the rest of the way until they get to Atlanta for the and, SEC time. And I'm not solidifying this pick yet in stone entirely, so it is like a 12-0, 11-1, but the one loss I see would be to Clemson right away opening weekend. Uh, Florida, another good team. What Dan Mullen's doing down there, uh, very good. But I see them losing three games. I have them losing to Alabama at home, losing to Georgia, and then losing at LSU. So distant 9-3. and three. Like I really don't think Georgia's going to have a minimum two-game. Uh, they're going to they're win the SEC East by a minimum two games. I think I have Florida the same as you, except I think Florida's going to beat LSU. Okay. I think LSU's going to be better than last year, but they're not going to be all the way back. And I guess LSU, if I remember, I did beat Florida last year in that weird guy throwing the shoe game. Yeah. But I think Florida wins, but like you said, they lose to Georgia, so what would that make them? 10-2 and two with two conference losses. Mm-hmm. So I guess that still would be a two-game lead for Georgia because neither of us have Georgia losing a conference game as of now. Right. So, yeah. Yep. So yeah, I guess Georgia wins comfortably once they beat them in the uh, the world's largest outdoor outdoor cocktail party. They I wish they up. could still call it that. It's really ridiculous. We're going to keep calling it that. Yeah, we sure. And are. that's how Georgia's going to celebrate their win by <laughs> drinking some cocktails. <laughs> exactly right. Uh, they got to be all of age age appropriate though. You got to no underage uh, drinking there for Georgia. The fans they can drink all they want, but uh, am I crazy to think that Kentucky can go eight and four? I uh, I know good radio doesn't contain silence, so I'm talking <laughs> as I say this while I, uh, I I look at their schedule just to run through this. Okay. I think I was very ready to say, like, no, they're not going to do that. But looking at their schedule, I don't think they're going to beat Florida, LSU, or Georgia. Those are all three sets of three consecutive weeks. Yep. Yep, and that's who I – Other than that, though, there's nothing else that I look at that's like, no, they're definitely not winning. I mean, there's games that you get tripped up and go like six and six, but I don't think eight and four is crazy. The only other game, so you and I are are the same on the three losses. I have them losing at Mississippi State too. I threw just a clunker in there, uh, but I have Kentucky eight and four. And interesting enough, I have Tennessee at seven and five. Tennessee is a team that should be better than what their record is. You know, they they seem like they're getting in plenty of talent, but I just don't trust Tennessee. I mean, do, do we think Tennessee could be a surprise team this year or no? I mean, it's possible. We'll see how good uh, good of a head coach Josh Eipel is uh, outside of uh, Central Florida at a bigger school and a bigger fishbowl. I mean, do you want a national title at Oklahoma? I don't know if he's going to win one at Tennessee, but hopefully he has more success there than uh, – What's his, I forget the name of the guy they just fired. Oh, Jeremy, they, whatever. Jeremy, yeah, he, he used to be at Alabama. Uh, I can't remember either. 
Pruitt. But either Pruitt, way, Pruitt. That's Pruitt. right, Pruitt. I don't know if Josh Eiffel's going to be great. He's going to do what they want him to do. I think he has a better chance than Jeremy Pruitt did. Or I was just like, yeah, I don't know if taking Nick Saban's third best defensive coordinator he's had in seven years is going to be like, oh my god, they're going to do just what Alabama does and beat Alabama with worse players now. So, so long story short, hopefully it works out well for Heifel. I've never really had anything against Tennessee, so it would be fun if Tennessee was at least better again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Missouri, I had just an average, mundane, uh, pedestrian-like six and six record, and Vanderbilt, I have four and eight. I actually gave them two conference wins against Mississippi State and Missouri, so prove me. Right, please, Vanderbilt, don't prove me wrong. And then uh, South Carolina, I have no idea what the hell South Carolina is, what they're about. I mean, you know, Will Muschamp's no longer there. I have them at four and eight. Like, this is just a – I have no idea what to think about South Carolina. So that's where I think I'm way off on this. You mentioned South Carolina. I completely forgot until right now that they fired Will Muschamp. So we'll see how uh, – we'll see how Shane Beamer does there in his first year. I don't have – he may end up being good good there. I don't have high hopes for year one. Now. Well, I, I'm glad you knew who their head coach was because I completely forgot who their new head Second, coach was. Second, I'm not going to lie, I was flipping through my Phil Steele book. And that okay. was how I, <laughs> I, remember, I remember the name now, and I remembered when you said that. It was like, oh, yeah, that's right. I got to flip and see who it was they hired. I forgot. Let's go to the West now. Even though I love college football, I don't, I don't routinely check in on South Carolina. Well, that's that's fair enough, especially not with the old ball coach used to be there. Old ball coach. Yeah, uh, yeah, they used to be entertaining, and now yeah. now they are not. To the west, and it's clearly it's Alabama's division to lose. So I think we both have Alabama and Georgia in the SEC championship game. Correct. Stacking that is not correct. Whoa, 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 whoa! You and I both do this at times where you try to get too cute. Yeah. How many times did we both have Michigan and or Texas oh, making the fourteen playoff and it exploding in our face? Yes. What? What are you? What, who do you have? Okay, I have Alabama going undefeated and then losing, getting tripped up. In the Iron Bowl to Auburn, I have no idea. Ooh, if I like that. I have no idea if that's even going to be accurate. I don't know what Bo Nix is going to be like at Auburn this year. I mean, Auburn to me seems like they're a program that really could fall off the rails in a hurry here, especially with what everything that's went on with what Gus Malzahn and and whatnot. But um, I think he's at Arkansas now, is he not? I thought Gus Malzahn, I was thinking he was at Arkansas Central Florida now. Oh, maybe, yeah. He's moving all around. See, I can't even tell you where. But he's but, not at Auburn now. No. And it's the former Boise State coach that's at Auburn Well, now. yeah, what the hell? I just, like, why would you leave the nice blue turf for War Eagle? I don't get, well, obviously more money and stuff, but there's a lot the of pressure. War Eagle swooped down, landed on his shoulder, and it had $475,000 in its beak. They were like, we'll pay you this every single week in <laughs> sure. one year. Right? And he said, okay, I will do that. So I have Alabama running through it all. I have them up and I have them beating AM in uh in College Station at Aggieland. That's the one game that I think could trip them up. Uh but I don't see uh, they're being. I mean, their quarterback is great. He's already making hundred thousand uh, dollars in sponsorship deals and whatnot. This Alabama team looks loaded, and running through the gauntlet, their semi-difficult gauntlet. Uh, they get Ole Miss at home uh, again. You know, they have to play at Florida and at A and M. So one of those two games, I think, could be difficult. I do have them losing to Auburn 
in Auburn just because it's a, a rivalry game. Weird but stuff I, happens in the Iron Bowl sometimes. It does, yeah. I mean, it, you never know. Maybe you'll see a 109-yard uh, field goal, uh, missed field goal return for a touchdown. We haven't seen that happen before. I mean, we? the game's in Auburn, so I bet at minimum you'll see a replay of it at some point during the game <laughs> on the big screen. So. I'm guessing you will. Uh, so I, I just think Alabama way too strong here, though I do have LSU – uh, in the mix at 10 and 2, but even that I don't really feel good about. So you said you don't have Alabama. What are you tricking me with this year? So I'm going to preface this with you are much more likely to be right about this than me. And I've done this before and it's blown up catastrophically in my face. Alabama does lose enough guys though, and I realize that they have uber talented guys to replace that. But you talk about losing your starting quarterback. Statistically, yeah. are you probably the best receiver you've ever had? And I realize that they'll have a receiver who will still be fantastic. But they lost two wide and receivers, also, too, if you think of Jalen Waddle and oh, yeah, Dante Smith. That's true. But I, yeah, I was just thinking of Smith specifically. Right, yep. But, but yeah, both of them. And I realize that they always have talented running backs, and they're still going to have a great running back. But I think Najee Harris, while not the best running back they've had in the last 10 years, I think might have been the second most talented Sure. So I think they'll still be good there, but maybe a little slight bit of a drop-off. And also, like you said, part of me is just maybe being a little too clever and trying to trick, I trick myself. And, uh, and yeah, I've got uh, I've got Jimbo Fisher in Texas A&M winning the SEC West, though. Are you concerned? Being Alabama, finishing 11-1, and going to the uh, SEC title game. Oh, and doing hook them down horns the whole way there. Very good. I love it. I mean, they have a, a great running back, potential Heisman Trophy candidate in Isaiah Spiller. Are you at all concerned, though, with the quarterback position since Kellen Mond is no longer there? A little bit, but I think they have enough talent. They'll find a way to get it done. Jimbo Fisher, for the most part, everywhere he's been, they always find a way to get good quarterback play. And they bring back, I forget how many starters, I suppose, I flip back through here and tell you in about eight seconds here. Actually, it'll be less than that. But the Alabama brings back 11 total starters, which that's certainly enough to win a national title. Mm-hmm. But A&M brings back 15, including nine on defense. That's big. And they recruit incredibly well. It's yep. not like they uh, are lacking super talented guys. And they've just – the other thing is it seems like they've been getting a little bit better – Mm-hmm. I guess I for but I know last year they went nine and one. Their only loss was to Alabama, and it wasn't a good loss. They lost by four touchdowns. I realized that. Yep. But you know they beat Florida. They beat everybody else they played. You know they beat they beat uh, they beat North Carolina in the Orange Bowl mm-hmm. and finished the season ranked in ranked fourth. Well, you and I just feel like this is this is going to be the year where. Anyone at Texas A&M who was like, you know what, are we paying Jimbo too much money? That that question's going to be answered, and then they're never going to be as good as they were after this year again. They'll still be good, but they're not going to win. They're not going to go to the SEC title game. Well, I mean, you look at who they would have to beat on the road, and this is why I kind of asked about Ole Miss a little earlier because I have Ole Miss going nine and three, and I think I think Lane Kiffin is going to have Ole Miss in a pretty good position here to do some damage. Throughout the season, I could see Texas A&M going ten and two. I could potentially see them going eleven one. I just don't know if they can beat Alabama. That's the key. Like the they've the only time they've beaten Alabama was when Johnny Manziel was there. If I'm correct, 
uh, right? I believe that is correct. So, I mean, I and I don't know what LSU is going to be like, but I, I, I just I, I gotta imagine that they're going to be better than what they were certainly last year. Um, I, I gotta think, Coach O, you know, the Ben Yates and everything, you know, get a homer, and he's gonna get that LSU bus going, uh, going good. So I think LSU is certainly going to be in the mix. I have LSU at ten and two, but I could certainly see A and and I have A and M losing to LSU the final week of the season. So I could, that's a potential game to get to the SEC championship game. Um, so I have A and M at nine three. I've got I've got A and M. This is just me looking at the yep. schedule and figuring this out as I go. Yep. I've got A and M So they've got a bye week. They host Auburn, then they play at Mississippi. Yep. Or at Ole Miss on November thirteenth. Yep. I've got them losing at Ole Miss. Then they've got the SEC one double A tune up game yep. second to last week. Yep. I think I think they will be. They'll find a way to beat Prairie View A and M. Tough as that might be. Yep. And then the at LSU, that's going to be the – you win this, you go to the conference title game, you lose, you're staying at home. And I'm sure it'll be at night, and I think Texas A&M finds a way to get it done in a uh, – like a, like a 28-24, like not one of the, the best games of all time, but one mm-hmm. of those games that two years later you look back and you're like, oh, that's right, I forgot about that. That was a great game. I, I, that, sends, that sends them to the SEC title game. That's love, my bag. So you are both Alabama and A&M then 11-1? and one. What's that? Are both Alabama and A&M 11-1? Yep. Okay. And A&M's got the tiebreaker. So Alabama then would likely get in. We won't, our college football playoff picks will be at the end of the uh, – you know, in a couple of weeks here. Uh, as the season kicks off, so I'm guessing then that Alabama's probably don't want to spoil Alabama. anything, but they would have a pretty good resume. It would yes, appear. yes, they would. Uh, but I think this is an incre- the SEC West seems always incredibly difficult. LSU ten and two, I think it might be a little high. I just I'm going to trust that they get the pieces in place, and I'm not 100 percent sold on Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, but I'm I'm tending to become a believer. Jimbo Fisher, this is the time. I think a lot of pressure's on him to do that. So I have. Ole Miss A and M at nine and three, LSU ten and two, Alabama eleven and one, and then um, I mean really it's essentially the rest at that point. Auburn going to be eight and four. I think that might be kind of lucky. Mississippi State, we'll see what Mike Leach can do. The Pirate, but I think they're five and seven. Arkansas also magically finishes five and seven, but it's it's kind of murderer's row there for them. Yeah, it's a nasty SEC. The SEC West is almost always nasty, and it's especially nasty this year. Yeah. So, am, do you do you think I'm off at all? Do you disagree much with Ole Miss or LSU? I'm not as high on Ole Miss. I think. I mean, I think they're going to go to a bowl game still. I'd say like seven and five for Ole okay. Miss. Okay. I think LSU is going to be nine and three or eight and four, but I think they're they're not going to have the Joe Burrow offense. I forget the name of the coordinator who left uh, Matt after Can- that year. Matt Cannon. No, uh, he's now with uh, with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Joe yeah. Brady. Joe Brady. That's right. Joe Brady, who was just Ed Orgeron hiring the right guy at the right time, and it worked out perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think – I think they're going to be much more like the previous two years before their national title year offensively, where they're not going to be as good. They're going to get tight. They're going to say, well, we're going to run the ball. And we're going to play defense, and it's not going to be as fun, but we're more talented than most teams. And we'll make it work, and I think they're going to go a very boring 8-4, and 9-3, and, and beat, like, Wisconsin and the 
the Outback Bowl or something like that. Okay. In a year where you look at it and you're like, yeah, they're really good. How come LSU's not better? Look at all the talent they've got. Look at all those guys that got drafted on offense. Why wasn't their offense better? Do you want to pick the SEC championship game now, then? Uh, I'm fine with picking it now. Okay. Unless you want to wait. Nope, I'm okay. I think... I want to pick Georgia. I really do. But I th- I'm going to take Alabama just because, you know, I'm, I'm going conservative here, Charlie. I'm going with what I know. And what I know is Alabama is really freaking good. If you want to go safe, that's the safest thing that will almost certainly be yes. right. Yes. And yes. I can't fault you for that at all. I don't have Alabama, so I can't pick Alabama. That I'm not going to lie here. A little inside baseball. That was a uh, an 11th hour decision by Charlie. <laughs> to switch his mind and not take Alabama. I'm going with Georgia over a Okay. I think Georgia, you can make a case that over the last three or four years, not this year's recruiting class, but I think Alabama signed like the best recruiting class in history if you look at some of the recruiting websites. But if you look at the last three or four years as a whole, you can make a case that Georgia's recruited better than anybody in the country. And I think the talent comes through. Georgia wins the SEC title game. I think it would be the first time since that year they ended up playing Alabama in the national title game, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they should have won that game. That was the game they lost in Ohio. They should have. Yep. They didn't have that weird second and 26 or third and 26, whatever it was. They would have won the national title. Yep, yep, no doubt. No doubt about it. Uh, so there we go. Uh, let's go to the Big 12 now because that's the, the conference that the SEC is purging their, the teams off of, at least the two best ones in there, and that would be Oklahoma and Texas. Oklahoma, I think, easily the best team in this conference. Texas, new head coach, Steve Sarkeesian, I don't know if he's the right guy for the job. They are paying him like he is going to be. Uh, We've seen him at stops at USC. Wasn't, uh, he was fine, wasn't great. Uh, We'll see, you know, he he kind of reestablished himself there at Alabama, but I don't think that he is the answer to Texas's prayers. I just don't. I, I think... That they're aren't either. I think uh, we talked about this. I don't know that he's any better than Tom Herman is. Sure. I think he could have kept, sure. kept with Tom Herman without upsetting everything, mm-hmm. and basically had the same next four years anyway. I, th- I, feel- I mean, I'm not. I'm, how should I put this? I'm rooting against Texas. I'm not necessarily rooting against Steve Sarkeesian. Sure. But I don't think this is something that four years from now we're like, wow. What a great hire. What a, what a lights-out move there. Yeah, no, I'm not actively rooting for Texas at all. In fact, let me let me put this, let me put it this way. They're the Michigan of the South. They have a fan base that is rabid for just like, you know, like thinking that they are so much better than what they think they are. Unlike Michigan fans though who are have become complacent with their uh, record. Oh, we have Jim Harbaugh. You know he's so great and whatnot. Texas says no. We should be the best there. We should be number one. We should be uh, competing with the Alabamas and stuff. So they are a tad delusional. But I think just because of always coming up short, not like they're always losing to Ohio State because they do beat Oklahoma every once in a while in the Red River rivalry. But I think to a degree, Texas is the Michigan of the South just because of the expectations and they never seem to meet them. It's just Texas fans are slightly more delusional. I think, in general, I think that's a good comparison, that they're also the big public institution in the state that looks down on all the other institutions in the state. Absolutely. And are like, and 
well, like them or not, are like legitimately good academic schools, especially for public schools. Um, the difference, and I hate saying nice things about Texas, the biggest difference is that Texas has won a national title more recently and also played in a national title game more recently than Michigan, mm-hmm. where Michigan hasn't done that since 97. And they split it with Nebraska, and Nebraska would have beat Michigan that year anyway. But that's another debate for another day. But... So, so we are in yeah. we are in agreement then that Oklahoma is going to win this conference, right? Going away. Um, probably. I give Iowa State a bit of a puncher's chance. They do bring back twenty starters from a team that finished in the top ten. That's pretty good, including their their quarterback and their running back, yes. who are their two best players. Yes, I don't think that. Well, now, yeah, I'm still. I don't think they're going to beat Oklahoma because Oklahoma was really good last year. And I think they're going to be better this year. I think Iowa State's the old, maybe I should put it this way. Iowa State's the team with a puncher's chance to not just on a random Saturday beat them, but like, no, we are good enough that we can play you in the Big 12 title game and actually potentially win that game. I don't think they will. But I think they have a much better shot than anybody else. So I put this together. I put my 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 records together before I saw the AP poll that that or was it the AP poll or whatever poll it came that Iowa State was ranked seventh. I'm like, wow, I like that's very high for Iowa State. That's a lot of praise. Like I, I'm looking at Oklahoma here, and I similar to Alabama, I have Oklahoma going undefeated until the last week of the regular season, and they get tripped up at their rival Oklahoma State. Now I don't know how good I, like it. I, I don't know how good Gundy's gonna be. I don't know how good Oklahoma State's gonna be without Chuba Hubbard. Uh, I just I I don't think Oklahoma State's gonna be wonderful. I have them at eight and four, but I think they're gonna be competitive. Uh, I have a team here though, and th- th- this is why. Like I don't even know necessarily how Oklahoma's going to get into the or who Oklahoma's gonna face in the Big Twelve championship game. Because, Charlie, this is where I need your, your help here. I have a three-way tie for second place. What three teams do you think I have in second? I'm get, is one of them Iowa State? It is, yes. And I'm guessing one of them is TCU? No. One of them is Oklahoma State? No. Okay. Is one of them Texas? Yes, one of them is Texas. Is West Virginia the other one? It is not. Kansas State is the other one. I don't know if I'm drinking the Chris Kleiman. Don't tell my relatives I forgot about Kansas State. Okay. Well, I'm just listing off Big 12 schools. <laughs> I don't know if I'm drinking the Chris Kleiman Kool-Aid uh, or what, but I think you know now that he's had a couple of years to establish himself and that program, I think Kansas State could make a big leap this year. I think the game against Iowa State on October 16th, Happens to be Farmageddon. Farmageddon, yes, Farmageddon. Uh, happens to be Kelsey and my anniversary, so you know what we're going to be doing. We're going to be watching this game. Uh, That's probably right. Not. What better way to celebrate a marriage <laughs> than Kansas State, Iowa State? Yes, I think that's the game that decides who gets into the Big Twelve championship game. Do I like that? I and I don't. So that's why I want to ask you: Am I too high on Kansas State? Is nine and three? realistic for Kansas State or are they still kind of back there with like Oklahoma State and it's really down to say Iowa State and Texas to play Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship game 
Well, Stackin, first off, they open with Stanford in Arlington, Texas, and that game will not matter in terms of making the Big 12 title game. But it'll give us a nice look to see where uh, Kansas State is at. Yep. Gotta like that they play both Oklahoma and Iowa State at home. I don't think they're going to beat Oklahoma, but weirder things have happened. I I agree with that. Even though didn't they win on that weird uh, deal a couple years ago? Was it last year or a couple years ago? They I think that was two years, two years ago, ago when yeah. they upset yep. Oklahoma. Actually, you know, you say this, I'm looking at their schedule, it's not that bad. When you're like, what are your road games? At Oklahoma State, it's like, yeah, that's tough. At Texas Tech, and you're like, that's not that bad. Nope. At Kansas, nope, that's not that bad. Nope. At Texas, like, meh, you know, that's not that bad. So, I can, uh, I can see that happening. I don't think that Kansas State's going to finish second in the Big 12. I mean, they might finish tied for second. I no. don't think they're going to reach the Big 12 title game, but you've, uh, you convinced me more than I thought you would. Or at first I was like, nah, that's not going to happen. So okay. I looked at the schedule and was like, well, I mean, that's it's more than just plausible. I don't know if it's likely, but it's not crazy. So I think Iowa State ultimately gets into the Big 12 championship game, but I don't know how these tiebreakers are going to go. Because I have Kansas State at 9-3, and three, losing at Oklahoma State, home against Oklahoma, and then at Texas. I have Texas, or let, I'll, I'll go to Iowa State quick. I have Iowa State at 9-3, and three, which I feel a little worse about now after seeing they're in the top 10 and you're returning all these starters and whatnot. I have them losing at Kansas State. I have them losing at West Virginia and at Oklahoma. That West Virginia game, maybe they win that one and not. Maybe they beat Kansas State, not the other, but I have them losing there. And then, I am generally outside of, like, Oklahoma, I am almost always okay with picking any Big 12 team to lose at West Virginia. Yes. Because it's such a long road trip for them. Yep. That especially if you're not coming off a of bye week, it's very difficult to be like, oh, we're playing a game. Oh, now we got to travel to the one game. That's way, way, way outside of our geographic region. Yep. Where weird stuff happens, and it's just weird in Morgantown in general. So I don't know much about West Virginia this year, but I would agree that I think there's a pretty good chance Iowa State loses at West Virginia. And then Texas, I have going 9-3, and three, losing to Oklahoma, losing at Iowa State, and losing at West Virginia. So I don't know really how all these tiebreakers are going to come into play because I have them, I have all these teams losing at least one game to the other, and that's why it's, it's really difficult. I don't know what it is now. It used to be that if that happened and they all had the same conference record, the same overall record, and they each won and lost once against each other, then it would be who the highest ranked BCS team is. But obviously, that's not what they do anymore. I actually, I don't know how they do it. If you've got each of them losing to one of the other two and winning against one of the other two. It, yeah, I mean, maybe it would, instead of the BCS, maybe they go by the college football playoff poll, whoever's ranked biased. I, I don't know how they do it. I wish I had a good answer, but I do not. Okay, so I have I have Kansas State going 2-1. and one. I have them beating Iowa State. No, I, I have them going 1-1. One one. Beating Iowa State, losing to Texas. I have Texas beating. Uh, what the hell do I? I have them beating Kansas State and losing to Iowa State, and then I have Iowa State beating Texas and losing to Kansas State. It's just, it's, it's. I, I just, I don't know. How yeah, it's all. It's just, it's been small splitting against each other. So I would say. Yeah, it's like 2008 when it. I mean, they were undefeated except for their one losses, but yep. it's like oh wait, when Oklahoma and Texas and Texas Tech were all 11 and one. And went one and one against each other. 
So I I don't know how this is going to go. I'm a little I'm scared of Kansas State. I think Iowa State's probably the favorite. I would take Iowa State certainly over Texas because I think Steve Sarkeesian's going to need a couple of you know at least one year to kind of establish himself and and uh, you know how he wants this program to be ran and whatnot. Uh, certainly he's getting the recruits, but Matt Campbell has established himself at Iowa State. And like you said, the 20 returning stars, I think, kind of tips the scale in that regard. Oklahoma State, 8-4. I think they'll be, you know, not in the mix, but they're not going to be a bad team. West Virginia, fairly average, 7-5. and five. Uh, Baylor, maybe 4-8. and eight. Uh, that, Maybe they'll be better than that. I really don't know. I don't think Baylor's all that, uh, all that good. Uh, and then uh, let's see here. TCU running them just six and six. I think I'm off probably with that. Texas Tech five and seven. They certainly don't seem like they're worth a damn anymore. And Kansas, one win against USD to open the season, loses the final eleven games. Nice. I'm glad you got a beating USD. I couldn't. I couldn't not have that that happen here. So what are your what are your overall thoughts then on the the, the Big Twelve here? I think it's ultimately going to be a two-team race between Oklahoma and Iowa State, and it's going to be can Iowa State beat Oklahoma, where a lot of people think Oklahoma's the best team in the country because they're a year better on offense after kind of going through some growing pains early last year before getting hot late. And unlike some of the other Oklahoma teams the last five or six years where you're like, well, yeah, their offense is great, but look how bad their defense is. They're actually fairly good on defense now. I don't know if they're top ten good, but they're good enough that they're like, yeah, you know, if they can get to 35, they can hold you at under 30 and win and not be in the 50-something to 50-something shootouts. And I think I also would really like to see someone besides Oklahoma or Texas win the Big 12 for the rest of the time those two schools are in the conference. Mm -hmm. But I don't think it's going to happen this year. I think it's going to be Oklahoma. I think they're going to beat Iowa State twice. One of them, I don't know if it'll be the regular season game or the conference title game. I think one of them will be a really good game that you feel can go either way, and then one of them Oklahoma is going to win by three touchdowns. And Oklahoma always seems to lose a game they they shouldn't. Uh, I said I have them going undefeated until they lose to Oklahoma State. Not that that's necessarily the game that um, that would be a, a trip up game that that you would be surprised that Oklahoma would lose to. Uh, but I think Oklahoma State, especially this year, now that Oklahoma's leaving, I think that game carries a little more significance being played in Stillwater. I think Oklahoma State's going to want to kick the crap out of Oklahoma. But I do think Spencer Rattler, quarterback for Oklahoma, is the best player in this conference, right? I would agree with that. All right. Uh, and in terms of, I think Oklahoma goes 11-1. and They beat Texas in the Red River shootout and then have a weird play an eight game and lose at home to TCU the next week. Oh, that's my that's my one Oklahoma loss. All right, very good. So Big Twelve championship game, I have Oklahoma against Iowa State. I think that's how it's going to sort itself out. Same with you. Yep, same with me. And who do you have winning that game? I think Oklahoma wins thirty-four to twenty. I, I sort of switched what I said earlier. They're scoring wise. All right. I, always, I think Oklahoma wins in like a, a game that's not a bad game, but a game that you're never like, oh yeah, Iowa State has a great chance to win this game. They're just always, always playing from behind and fighting up there. Can't get it done. I also have Oklahoma winning the Big Twelve championship game. So there, uh, so I have Alabama and Oklahoma winning. You have Georgia 
and Oklahoma winning thus far. And we will turn our final uh, conference this week uh, that we're looking at here in our 2021-2022 college football season preview is the Pac-12. The Pac-12, we're doing the Pac-12 because they're linked to the Big 12. Uh, and I, I'll be, I'll, again, I'm going to be totally honest. We'll start with the North. And I was surprised to see Washington ranked as high as they were. And this is where I might be they bring start. back a bunch of starters. That's one of the weird things about this yeah. post. Yep. Post the weird 2020 season is everyone had a free year of eligibility. So there are a lot of teams that randomly are like, oh, yeah, we bring back 10 starters on defense. It's like, oh, wow, that is a lot. It is. So, I I mean, I have Washington more middle of the road, 7-5. and five. I don't know if that's – like, I have them losing to – let me get this here. I have them losing at Michigan. I have them losing a, a weird game to Oregon State. Oregon State's a little better now than a lot of people uh, – than they have been in previous years. They, they certainly came up with some surprise wins last year. I think they maybe take another step forward. I have them losing at Stanford because everyone, you know, struggles at the farm for the most part. Losing to Oregon and then losing in the altitude to Colorado. So I don't think Washington's really all in that mix. I think they're going to fall off uh, considerably. And I think Oregon is the clear um, the clear team to beat in the North, in the Pac-12. Uh, are you in agreement there? I think Oregon is the most talented team that will be the one on uh, the team on the dartboard that everybody's aiming for. So is that... Is that foreshadowing that I'm picking different than you? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but I do think that if you look at like, hey, who's the team we're trying to catch right now? It's definitely Oregon. Is Oregon- I think they've recruited better than anyone else. They, they're, I mean, they obviously haven't recruited as well as Georgia, mm-hmm. but they're the SEC's version of Georgia. Where you're like, is their coach great? I don't know. I think he's fairly good. I don't know if he's great. But they bring in way better players than everybody else in their division. In, in Oregon's case, the whole conference. So it's just like, yeah, I think that they're who you have to shoot for because they're so talented. You know, we look at uh, um, non-conference games, uh, like some of the big ones this year. Certainly, Clemson, Georgia, I think screams off the top, off, off the page that that's the number one game. But I would say Oregon at Ohio State has to be ranked right up there. And similar to Clemson, Georgia, I think for. Like where we said, oh, if, if Georgia loses, you have – if they run the table, their strength of schedule is going to be better than what Clemson's got if they lose. Like, hey, they were really going to need to impress here over the remaining 11 games to show that they could be a serious playoff team. Similar, I think, for Oregon. If Oregon loses, it's like, okay, they lost to a really good team, but you know they don't have much room to be able to – improve necessarily their 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 stock for the playoffs yeah, if, if Oregon State, loses to Ohio State I think they could their only chance to get in the playoffs outside it, of incredibly insane 2007 year type stuff mm-hmm. is to win the rest of the games on their schedule I and don't they think would, they're getting in and they with would, two losses and they would probably need another team to lose a game or two like an Alabama or an A&M or Georgia or someone like that to be able to get in. Whereas Ohio State, if they lose to Oregon, they're like, okay, we still have enough good teams on our schedule to be able to um, to minimize this loss. Correct? I would agree with that. Okay. I, you know, if it happens and then Oregon and Ohio State are both 11 or 12 and 1, 
and Oregon beat Ohio State. I think it's possible Oregon could get in over Ohio State, but I don't think that specific scenario is going to play out. No. Because I don't think Ohio State's going to lose home to Oregon in week one, but that's, we'll, get, we'll get that when we're doing the Big 12 or the Big 10 later. Right. Yes. Uh, but I have Oregon at 10-2. and two. I have them losing at Ohio State, and I have them losing at Utah. But I think they win everything else. I believe they win at Stanford. I believe they win at Washington. I believe they win at UCLA. I think UCLA is a weird team because we don't know really what we're going to get from Chip Kelly's squad. We, I, I would think kind of I would agree with that. They're I, definitely weird, and I do not know what we're going to get. I think, I think UCLA is similar to Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin in that we, like, where Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss really surprised last year. So there are some higher expectations for Ole Miss. I think with UCLA, it's like, well, we know what Chip Kelly was able to do at Oregon. We know what he what he wasn't able to do at San Francisco or Philadelphia in the NFL. And at UCLA, it hasn't really gained footing yet, but it's very early still in his in his tenure there. But I think UCLA could be one of those teams that has the potential to surprise. So I think that kind of is a trap game for Oregon. If I look at Oregon's road schedule, and I just see at Ohio State, at Utah, at Stanford, at Washington, at UCLA... That is a very difficult road schedule to weave their way through, but I think Oregon's talented enough to win all but one of those conference games on the road. I uh, I also have Oregon going ten and two, and I also have them losing at Ohio State. The other team I have them losing to is different than what you have, though. Okay, who do you have them losing to? I have them losing to the team that I think is going to win the Pac-12 North. Ah. Washington. I think Washington's winning the Pac-12 North. They were undefeated until I think they lost to Oregon in the final game of the regular season that kept Washington out of the Pac-12 title game. Okay. And Washington brings back almost everybody, and that was with the first-year coach last year. So, year two, I I was going to say post-COVID. I guess I shouldn't say post-COVID. Hopefully there aren't any problems with that messing anything up. Mm -hmm. And I think... This is just one of those Washington years where they're going to find a way, get it done. I don't think they're going to win the national title. And if they make the playoff, a good chance they're going to lose by three touchdowns in the first round. But I think, I think the Huskies beat the Ducks this okay. Oregon, Oregon had some breaks to get into the Pac-12 title game and then beat USC. Mm-hmm. And I think this is sort of the flip side of that, where Oregon is better this year, but also has some bad fortune in some close games. Okay, so I mean, and that's one. Of- Again, I'm glad I'm talking to you because this Washington was one of the teams that I really didn't know quite how to peg. Um, you know, and the 20 starters certainly that's something to look at too. Um, so I have them at seven and five. Then I have a whole host of teams at five and seven. Cal five and seven. I don't know if that's necessarily right or not. Oregon State five and seven. Maybe that's a little too um, uh, too many wins. Too too many happy thoughts there. For the folks there in Corvallis, I have Stanford at five and seven. I don't think Stanford's all that great, but we'll see. Maybe I'm incredibly off on that. David Shaw's a much better uh, head coach than you know a really good head coach. And then a Washington State four and eight way down in the in the dumps there. Uh, now that uh, the Pirates left Pullman, uh, so overall thoughts on the on the Pac-12 North. How do you see this all going? I think it's a two-team race between Washington and Oregon. And whoever wins that game is going to win the division. Okay. 
any like Stanford? Do you, where do you see them at? Do you... I think Stanford's going to be a little better than you have them at, but I don't think they're going to be great. I think it's going to be like a a seven and five Stanford year where okay. they get blown out by good teams, but not great teams early in the year. And then at the end of the year, they upset like USC or Notre Dame or someone where you're like, Oh, Stanford, how come they didn't do this early in the year? And then you're <laughs> like, Oh yeah, they're just seven times. When it mattered. Why didn't they do it when it mattered? Exactly. All right. So in the South, then the South, I think is really interesting, really intriguing. Uh, yeah, say the South is a choose-your-own-adventure book, or it's it just a pen stack and how, how weird you want me to get with this. Okay, let's get weird. There's with like it. four different ways I could go with this. Let's get weird with it, Charlie, because I think it's a three-team race in the South. Um, Arizona's terrible. They are just awful. I think apart from Vanderbilt and Kansas, Arizona may be the worst, and eh, maybe Syracuse as well. I think Arizona's easily the worst team in the Pac-12. And sure. I would say easily like the one of the four or five worst teams in the Power Five. They're just they're terrible. So everyone's going to beat up on Arizona this year. Colorado, I I don't really know much about the Colorado surprise last year. I don't think Colorado's all that great though. So I have them finishing four and eight, and, they, and that's because I have them uh, losing to the Gophers. So I mean that maybe we're two for two that we both have two teams that we do not think are going to be good in the Pac-12 South this year. Very good. I agree with both of those. All right, so, I like this. You're, 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 my confidence is bringing after me that, right though. Now. I could see any of these other four teams winning the conference, though. Yes. I mean it might depend on how many drinks I've had first, right. but I think you could talk me into any of the other four win. I agree because UCLA. I'm at six and six because I don't know what to expect from them. I think they're probably better than that, but as I as I said, we haven't seen a lot of great Chip Kelly success since his days at Oregon. So what are we expecting from UCLA? I think they're a dark horse to win the South, but I I, I don't know. So I, I I gave them six and six, and that leaves me with the uh, the three teams then: Arizona State, USC. And Utah, I think USC. I I don't think they're they're not the the USC of old of yesteryear of our of our youth or of our college days. They're not the Pete Carroll USC teams. Exactly. They're not they're even US. maybe that one Lane Kiffin USC team. That was right. pretty good. But I think they're they're good. They're really good, and I think they're going to come up with a way to win. I mean, you look at their schedule and their road games are not that difficult. Colorado might trip them up, but it's not on a short week, so that, I think, helps. At Washington State, Nat Cal. Very easy. Just easy to get through. The the other difficult conference, or the conference game that's the most difficult on the road for them is Arizona State. And I think Herm Edwards has done a magnificent job. Now, I don't know what the recent, you know, possible recruiting violations, what that does, but I, and I can't remember their quarterback's name off the top of my head, but uh, Daniels, I think, is his Jayden name. Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels, yes, thank you. Um, very, very good. And I think Arizona State has gotten some good recruits. I think Herm Edwards is a very good coach. They surprised last year. I think they're going to be... It's like Herm Edwards. They respond well to him. Exactly. They play to win the game. They do, amazingly enough. Uh, hello? Uh, so I think Arizona State is in this mix. They're in the fold. But I don't think they're winning the Pac-12 South, even though I'd love to see it happen. I think USC's in there. I'm going to go with Utah. And I'm going to go with Utah to go 11 and one. And I 11 and 
Juan. This, I like that. This it's not what I have them going, but I like that you got the stones to do that. Well, and, and again, you are the resident college football expert, so I will lend it to you because I I just look at Utah and I think, okay, they they always are they're always good. It seems as though. And if I'm looking at their schedule, I don't see a lot of games. You know, they're at USC, but they get Oregon at home. They get UCLA at home. They get Arizona State at home. Their road games at Stanford, at Arizona, and at USC. I mean, it's just, it's not at Oregon State, at Arizona, and at USC. Like, it's just not that difficult. So I think Utah wins the Pac-12 South. I think Utah winning the Pac-12 South is not a crazy thing to say. I think them going 11 and one's possible, but it's a little tougher, if only because the style that Utah plays is great if you're more talented than the other team, or if the other team's like really, really bad on the offensive and defensive lines, and you can just beat them up. And there are some teams in the Pac-12 that you definitely do that with. I think the problem, and we've seen this over the last decade or so at times in the Pac-12 for them, if they play USC or Oregon or Washington or sometimes Stanford, when those teams are really good, they struggle keeping pace with them because they just don't. They recruit well, but not at that kind of level. So I'm not saying they can't do it. Yeah, I think Utah will be good. They're not my pick to win the Pac-12 South, though. I'd like to make an amendment. I think it's... it's, it's like I don't think it's a bad pick by you. I think no. it's a good it's a good pick. No, I think I mean But it's a... tough when you're playing teams that are just like, yes, what you're doing usually works, but we've got a receiver that can beat your defensive yeah. back because he's just better at playing football than your guy is. I think I made a mistake though. I think I have Utah with one conference loss, but I have that conference loss to USC, and I have USC at ten and two losing to Notre Dame and Arizona State. So that would put USC in the Pac twelve championship gate, correct? That would. If they both yes. have the same conference record yes. and USC yes. won, that would then, put USC in. And that's what I put down. So I mistakenly looked. I looked at Utah. I have them at 11-1. Just assume. Nope. I have written down USC against Oregon in the Pac-12 uh, championship game. Nice. So, sorry. So, now to proceed with, with what you were going with. Well, I mean, now this would switch where the other things that with USC is that USC is talented enough to beat anybody in the conference. And you wouldn't be surprised about it. The problem's the consistency, where I think Clay Helton's fine as a head coach. He is, I don't know, like if it's a relationship, it would be like the girl who you're like, yeah, I mean, I like her and she's nice. I don't know if I want to really get married to her, but I kind of like being around her at times, and I kind of feel like that's the USC Clay Helton thing, where he's good enough that they don't instantly hate him, but I don't think it's... I don't think five years from now he's still going to be coaching USC. I agree. Like, I think he's going to get fired. And not because he leaves for a better job or something. I think he's going to get fired. Well, I think certainly David I, I think USC like will that. be good this year. I, I do not have USC winning the Pac-12 South, though, either. Okay. Stack it. Yes. I've got Arizona State winning the Pac-12 South. Yes, Charlie, I wanted to pull the trigger on them so bad. I so did, and I just couldn't. I gave them three losses. I was actually going to pull the trigger on UCLA, but that seemed to bridge too far. Ah, So I settled settled for the still way, or not way out there, but the the still fairly dark horse pick in Arizona State. I have Arizona State 9-3 losing to UCLA at Utah and at Washington. 
So I think they're going ten and two, and it's going to be a uh, it's going to be a jumbled mess tie for first place. And Arizona State's going to win the tiebreakers over over both USC and Utah. All right, I, like I haven't it. gone through and picked the game, so I don't know how that's going to play out. But that's what I that's what I believe is going to happen. Very good. USC so, might have three losses with a loss to Notre Dame. I guess do that. But. So we are completely different in our Pac-12 championship game, then, which I really like. We have four different teams then. And if there's a conference that's not been as like predictable, I feel like that's been the Pac-12 for the last seven or eight years. Easily, easily. The SEC is yeah. usually. I mean, there's times that you know it's Auburn into the Alabama or something like that, but the SEC is usually pretty predictable. Yeah. The Big Ten, at least the Big Ten, other than when Northwestern wins instead of Wisconsin in the West Division, it's almost always like, well, yes, of course, it's Ohio State. Yep. It's obvious. It's always Clemson in the ACC for the last like eight years. Yep. So yeah, and actually, it's been, I don't know. Is Oklahoma? I think Oklahoma's maybe not played in like one, one or two Big Twelve title games in the last decade. Very rare. Yes. So yeah, and so I think just by default, the Pac-12 is the weirdest. So I am also glad that we have different picks. So I have Oregon against USC. You have Washington against Arizona State. I have Oregon beating USC. And I have Washington beating Arizona So we both have a team from the north making it to the Rose Bowl, one would presume. Unless, unless we have one of these teams in the college football playoff. I, I, Pac-12 after dark. It's, it's, it's an enjoyable Saturday night. I mean, you might, you might pay for it on Sunday. But uh, Pac-12 <laughs> after dark, a lot of crazy shit happens on that. I don't work on Saturdays for the most part anymore, but one of my guilty pleasures, I, I did not enjoy working on Saturdays during college football season. One of the things I did enjoy is when I got home, though, is, you know, getting home, watching the end of whatever ABC or ESPN, you know, 7 o'clock, this is the big game of the week. Watch the end of that and then turning to whatever Pac-12 game was late in the second quarter and being like, oh, wow, Oregon's down by two touchdowns to... To Utah right now, can they come back and do this? And so often in those weird Pac-12 games, we'd be like, well, three overtimes later, it turns out that uh, that Oregon could come back and do this. It is. It does. Or whatever. I mean, you could insert any Pac-12 teams there, but. It's going to be fascinating. It's going to be fun to watch this. Hopefully the Pac-12 is in the playoff discussion uh, just because that, I think that's good for college football overall. It's good for college football if you don't have the same teams in it or if you would just expand the damn playoff to eight teams rather than 12 which is a little ridiculous but that's a conversation for another time anything else that we didn't get to regarding these three conferences this week the only thing i want to add and i realize this won't happen there's a much better chance of all my picks being correct happening than this happening I do, I do think it would be fun if the SEC didn't have anyone in the college football playoff this year, though. Oh, yeah. Yep. I How agree. fun would that be? It would be fantastic. It would. I would love that. I would love to see new blood in there. Yeah. Me too. But it's unlikely to happen. But we'll but see. Yeah. Also, based off most of the picks we've made, it might be slightly different. It's probably not going to be that much different than the last seven or eight years, though. No. Very unlikely. Very unlikely. Well, next week, Charlie, we'll do the, the Big Ten and the ACC. 
And the following week, we'll talk about some of these other random conferences, other random teams, like maybe a Notre Dame or Cincinnati or Central Florida. Make our picks for the college football playoff, Heisman Trophy, and uh, also the the New Year's Six games. So I look forward to this journey with you as we get up to kickoff and then throughout the season because you know this means bowl-bound or not is coming back, which is great. Uh, Fans from all over the world love it, so that's fantastic. We're going to get when will they, that's coming back. So it's going to be a very, very fun season, and I, I look forward to going on the journey with you. I do. It's so close. We can almost taste it right now. It is. It very much is. Uh, very much so. Well, Charlie, I always appreciate the time, my friend. And uh, like I said, look forward to chatting with you next week and the weeks to come during college football season. I am also looking forward to it. I enjoy these conversations, and I enjoy talking college football because I love college football. And that is why you're a resident college football expert. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you, Charlie. Yep, have a good one, Stackin. You too. Charlie Hildebrand from the Northwest Iowa Review and our resident college football expert, kind enough to join me here, and uh, a great insight. I'm very happy that I'm not as off on some of these teams as I would have thought. Like, maybe a little higher on Utah, maybe a little lower on Washington, maybe a little higher on K-State than I should be. We'll see. I, I, that's why I ask him, because I'm like, I have this down, I don't know if it's right or not. So validating the, the, the picks, though. That, that helps. That really does. Uh, so that does it for this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. The podcasts are going to get longer as we get into fo- uh, football season. Football means more conversation, more jam-packed talk here on the Sports Block Podcast. The podcast can be found on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at NDStack and Travis Krins at Travis Krins, Charlie Hildebrand at C.E. Hildebrand. A link to the podcast post in the middle to later part of each week. Also can follow me on or be uh, you know, on Facebook. Uh, a link to the podcast is there as well. So I want to thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. The heat's here, but hopefully it's it's going away after this, at least for a while. we got some you know upper 70s, low 80s, so that's going to be nice. Uh, stay safe out there. It's a crazy time, uh, you know, a lot going on in the world right now. Um, it's not great. Not great out there in the world. But uh, just be kind to one another. Um, be safe. Be respectful. Be responsible. And uh, we'll we'll talk more college football next week. Big Ten ACC. We'll talk uh, baseball. We'll talk, you know, the NFL maybe, whatever. You know, more, more serial talk. We're wrapping down our serial conversation. So a lot... A lot to get to. So for Travis and Charlie, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. College football is near. The NFL season is near. Preseason has already kicked off for one week down at that. So a lot to get to here. Uh, It's football season, our favorite time of the year. And then uh, soon college basketball after that. So that's great. So for Travis and Charlie, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Hope you enjoyed it, and hope you tune in again next week for another edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week, everyone.